All right, here we go. Welcome back to the BMX in our blood. I am here with Aaron Simone, right? Not it's not D Simone, right? It's not D I've Simone. Done and that. Jossie told me about that yeah. confusion. And it's not Simone either. Sometimes Crandall and Daryl Nall they'll announce me as Simone. Simone. But that's kind of an alter ego when I'm getting a little okay. loose on course. <laughs> that's that's funny. So my, my lovely wife brought what cracks me up the most, which drives you probably crazy. Can I see it? All right, so here we go. This is what I always think of when I think of Aaron's name. No A.A. Ron, huh? Well, you better be sick, dead, or mute, A.A. Ron. Here? Oh, man. Why didn't you answer me the first time I said it, huh? Huh? I'm just, you know, I'm just asking you. I said it like four times, so why didn't you say it the first time I said A.A. Ron? Because it's pronounced Aaron? Son of a bitch! You done messed up, A.A. Ron! Now take your ass on down to Osag Hennessy's office right now and tell him exactly what you did! Who? Osag Hennessy! Principal O'Shaughnessy? Get out of my goddamn classroom before I break my foot off in your ass! Insubordinate! When I see the name, I think of that skit. Mm, Alright, so... Sorry if you don't like that part. I just... Well, probably because you've dealt with it forever, right? Yeah. All right. So yeah, sorry, like, but that every was... person I'm introduced to, like, and I'm like, oh, hey, hey. <laughs> it was right. funny the first couple times. Yeah. All right. And well, I'm old. You know, it took me a while to get to it, right? <laughs> but right, I'm here with you. And you were saying that some people pronounce your last name Simone. That's become your alter ego at uh, contests. Yeah, just in the Vans contest. Sometimes Daryl yeah. will get on there and be like Simone. It's really what I'm. <laughs> getting a little loose my back ends in front of me that's when you can start calling me simone <laughs> <laughs> oh man but. so before we jump to your travels uh which you i can't wait to hear about your travels uh first of all let me thank powers bike shop for sponsoring the the podcast chad is is awesome and does a lot for the bmx community definitely out his way and vends at all the nationals as well so He's a high-energy guy that cares about things that uh, that mean something to him. So, um, have you ever? And of course, he he hosts that uh, the DIY contest that Steve Crandall puts on for FBM. So, uh, have you ever been to one of those? I haven't been. I wanted to last year. I don't remember what was yeah. the conflict with that. Mm-hmm. But there was. I think there was another event going on that I ended up at. But, and I also haven't made it to that bike shop, although I know it's like, that's the spot down in Richmond. Like, the dude holds down the, holds it down for that scene. Yeah. I always try to stop at a local bike shop and see what's up. That's cool. And if you're into history, of course, he's got so many vintage bikes. It's just amazing. But, um, yeah, he's a great guy. So, so I, I met you, I believe it was originally after I think the first jam that I did that was on, that was on Long Island at Shoreham for John Lee at Shoreham BMX track for John Lee of FBM I had leftover goods that were donated and uh, Jeff DePaul right? Yeah name? Jeff DePaul he's the TJD Bristol guy Yep. Mm-hmm. so he was holding the jam for, Mar- uh, for Matt Barkus and I asked him I said hey I've got stuff left I think I even had like a frame or something something substantial and yeah, he didn't the Barkus jam. yeah 
So that's when I first met you because you and Jordan Giannotti, is that how you say his name? Jordan Grandinetti, my man. Grandinetti? All right. You guys took off on my on my side hack, which I wanted you to do. Yeah. And <laughs> you, you guys were jumping downstairs. You were doing so many things, and I'm like, I, I love it, but God, I hope nothing breaks and you end up getting hurt because side hacks, I mean, you think about the combined weight. And yeah, jumping yeah. off the, of the stairs. On the structural integrity going down that eight stair, I was worried about it as well. Was it an eight stair? Yeah. For some reason, I thought it was like a four. My God. No, that was the one in the middle one down there next to the rail. Yeah. It's an eight. Oh, my God. That killed me. I took I took a bunch of pictures of that, as you know. Yeah, that was a good time. My most vivid memory of, of you was with Jordan, and you guys, you were, you were driving, and I think he was passenger, because he, yeah. Which yeah, was, that was the case, yep. Which was... Weird, and you did a fakie. You did a fakie deal off this little mini quarter. Well, we did, I don't know. We went down the eight stair, and we had too much speed going up the quarter to do anything other than go straight up it, straight down. Oh, God, yeah, that's true. It was, it was wild. It was, it was so much fun, and uh, it kind of, it, it, it changed things up a little. I, I brought them because I knew someone would have fun with them, which was you guys. Uh, so that, that was awesome. That was my first introduction to you and then i believe i believe greg hooper hooper palooza was right after that i want to say yeah it was that fall at the hooper palooza gym yeah that was pretty sweet i'm pretty sure that was like the weekend after something but so i was i was chatting with you then and i don't remember things like this about everybody but for some reason you you stuck out to me uh because of your age Oh, okay, yeah, you had to have been 16. I was 16 because, yeah, I was 16 years old, I remember that. Which, you acted older than 16, and as you know, there was there was pizza and beer and all, you know, just basically, you know, a bunch of guys drinking beer and jumping jumps. So, but you, you spent a good amount of time with the neighbor kid that oh, yeah, couldn't yeah. have been like... I see this stuff and I never forget it. Um, you spent such quality time with this kid. He had, he couldn't have been older than ten, and he had a. He, I think he had a piece of crap BMX bike. It was yeah. He was a young kid, just like having fun riding bikes. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's a good thing because in the core of it was that he just wanted to ride bikes and he just you you pulled yourself out of the the jump part just to pay attention to this I shouldn't say just to do an awesome thing like paying attention to this kid who I have to imagine this kid still remembers to this day that interaction because you sat with him for a bit yeah like I remember we were kicking it for a bit and I really do like I'd love for that interaction to have been something for him like that like an introduction to BMX or just like seeing BMX in a good way I mean that would be incredible to be able to be that guy for somebody because I yeah. remember being a little kid like going to the skate park and seeing all the guys doing cool stuff and being like oh man like yeah. those are the dudes you know and yeah. like I still remember guys that were just nice to me yeah and like, sure. just to have that uh-huh. just to be able to be that for the next generation like yeah. younger kids like that's cool yeah no definitely that's the way I looked at it because I don't know if it if in fact I'm sure um, that I couldn't have accomplished what you did with that kid at 16 years old because the six, my 16 year old self would have been, I, I've always been 
you know, conscientious of other people's feelings and treating people the way I want to be treated and all that. But you not only not only did that, but you you just spent good quality time with them, and there were these jumps right there, and you're just like, in my mind, I'm I'm thinking he'll ride whenever he feels like it. But right now, this is the most important thing to him and to you, to Aaron. So I thought it was, it really stuck out to me. And then uh, knowing, of course, I thought you were, I thought you were a little closer to 21, maybe 18, but knowing that a lot of kids don't necessarily make great choices, but uh, you could have easily gone in the cooler and gotten a beer if you wanted to get a beer, you know. And you're like, no, no. I'm not into it. And, That's know. a funny thing, too, because I remember being, like, just around so many dudes around BMX. Like, you go to the dumps, like, there are dudes with beers and stuff. And mm-hmm. Kids from my high school, they'd be talking, like, oh, we scored a beer or whatever. And it's like, I was on the road doing shows with, like, all these guys, and they just go and get, like, a 36-pack, bring it back to the hotel and kick it. And I was never one to partake. And, like, mm-hmm. I can donate. Like, they're adults. They do what they want to do, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I just never felt like that was anything I needed or wanted to do. But there was so much opportunity you know like there was ample opportunity to be the kid like the young kid that everyone would like get messed up or like right. so you just like mm-hmm. drink until they pass out but right i don't know it was never really my thing no thank god it wasn't because i think it, it well you can tell tell us a story about uh how it may have affected future moves that you made but so i met you at th- those two events and uh, before we go on too much further, is, how's Jordan doing? Is Jordan doing pretty well? Jordan's awesome, yeah. He's still riding, not so much in the public eye. Like, he, mm-hmm. for a while, he was kind of pursuing stuff with different sponsors and such, mm-hmm. and I think he just got burnt out on that. But he still rides a bunch, and, I mean, the kid still shreds. Yeah. But, man, that... So I was 16 when I met you. I think that whole mm-hmm. year, bef- like, leading up to those jams, me and Jordan have been traveling, like, bumming rides. Like, we weren't old enough to drive, but we were just bumming rides catching trains like all over connecticut and like we both just had like some little, like vx cameras i bought one and he had one just so we get up double angles and we just like put it we both had like a collaborative like 2015 video really yeah but like it was separate we both did our own video but we were all at the same spots and we filmed it for each other and like nice. he helped me edit and stuff and like that was probably one of the most fun videos i've yeah. ever had the opportunity to put out and like I look back on those times, like, with Jordan, those were the best. Yeah, like, yeah. Just, yeah, there's some crazy stories from that video, too. Yeah. Just, like, all over the place. I remember we, is, we is hitched it? a ride to Willimantic mm-hmm. with, um, just with some buddies. And they were like, oh, yeah, we're going there, and then we're going to New Hampshire. And we're like, but can we just get to Willimantic? And we didn't have a ride home. <laughs> and then right. we ended up sleeping in um, Justin, uh, Justin from Willimantic. Justin. His Instagram is Justin BMX's. Is he the one that puts on... He does all the crank flips. The ju- I think his name's Justin. Not the guy that runs the uh, New Haven Jam, right? The park No, that's jam. a little Justin. Okay, that is a Justin, though, also? That is another Justin. Okay. I'm really bad at the names. I, like, hate it. That makes two of us. So this should make an awesome podcast. We'll just talk about fictitious people <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> it's crazy. Some dudes are so good with names, and, like, I just don't know how. N- yeah. Justin O'Connor. Okay. Of course. But we, yeah, we just ended up catching a ride one way. We didn't have a ride back. Mm-hmm. And we were in Willimantic and we ended up sleeping in Justin O'Connor's family's barn. Yeah. With just yeah. like some buddies. We had a bonfire and put tents up. Nice. I think there was one tent, but there was like eight dudes. So there were some dudes that were in a tent and some dudes that just slept in the barn. 
but wow yeah good times oh my god so what did your obviously you're from the cell phone era so did you even have a cell phone with you and what was going on at home that, that made it easier for you to just your parents just you know let you kind of go and find your way or so like you said we i definitely had the cell phone in my pocket and my parents could reach me and stuff mm-hmm. but even from like a pretty young age I've always been a bike rider. Like, I grew up racing when I was, got into it when I was, like, four or five, mm-hmm. just because I, like, pedaled my bike around the street all the time. Yeah. But, so, it's always been my main drive is just to, like, have fun and ride bikes. And mm-hmm. I remember being, like, 12 years old. I had just turned 12 because I was too old to technically get, like, a kid's ticket going to New York City. Oh, uh, okay. But I still got one and just fit. <laughs> <laughs> so, instead of $25 round trip, it was, like, three. Oh, man. But, yeah, so... With no parents. <laughs> no, no, I just went with some buddies from the skate park, and, like, my parents yeah. knew them and trusted them enough, mm-hmm. you know, to keep me out of trouble and yeah. make sure I made it home. Yeah. But they've always been very supportive in what I do, and, mm-hmm. like, I always tell them, like, I'd be like, oh, but there's this event I want to go to, and they'd be like, well, why, like, why do you have to go to Massachusetts? Why do you have to go to, like, so far away for these things? And I'd be like, but, Mom, but, Mom, like, th- it's the biggest deal, like, yeah, yeah. so-and-so is going to be there, like... And right. She, Sometimes I would fib too. Yeah, right, <laughs> but, right. Like she would always. They were very supportive and like let me do yeah. what I needed to do. Yeah. Especially like when I was in high school, I remember like school was not my thing. I was. It wasn't like I I couldn't do it. It was mm-hmm. fine, but mm-hmm. it, I mean, in the scheme of life, like it wasn't getting me anywhere closer to where I wanted to be. It was more of a roadblock than anything. Mm-hmm. So I remember you're allowed like 18 absences a quarter, or so. And I always had 18 absences a quarter. <laughs> because I, I Maximize uh, your, what, you're, what you're allowed. And I never, like, stayed home sick. Like, I would, go home, I would go to school sick and, like, suffer through it just so, like, if anyone ever hit me up, like, hey, we've got a week of shows, I never had to turn it down. So I could be like, all right, Mom, like, I got to go. Like, nice. And, and they were always very supportive of that and, like, let me do it, so. Why do you think that was? I mean, like, as a parent, I'm, I'm thinking about what you're saying, but what do you... Because it sounds like they have it together because they were kind of like, you'll figure it out. Yeah, my parents, they're like, they're cool individuals. I mean, yeah. I remember in high school, I thought they were the worst, but yeah, I mean, yeah. now coming back home, visiting them, like, I really enjoy kicking with them and yeah. just like talking to them. But uh-huh. yeah, I think they always just trusted that like my head was on straight enough that mm-hmm. I would, I would find my way somewhere and like make it, like everything would sure. be like. I don't know. I'm getting checked up. Not really well, checked up. Well, the last. Well, well, maybe, uh, maybe it just took a couple times before they were like, "Oh, all right, he's safe. He gets it." Like, you know what I mean? Kinda. It, I yeah, hope. it was definitely like that. But like I was saying, my parents—they're they're very supportive. And I think they just had faith in the uh, the integrity and just like kind of smarts they raised me with to mm-hmm. not get myself in too much trouble or always make it home. So yeah, they're right. very accommodating, actually. That's good. In hindsight. Even though, like I said, it felt like right. they were always trying to keep me down. But just yeah. being 16, you know? Yeah, right, right. I mean, I'm sure they were watching out for your best interest. But, you know, my uh, son's a year younger than you. In fact, my wife and I were just talking about this. We went out for a hike, and it was it's always been easier for her uh, because she's really good at it. <laughs> um, at just raising kids, I'm not... I'm not as good at it. I don't have the patience as much. 
like when I, I I try to prevent things from going wrong before they could go wrong, and she's the exact opposite, which is the correct way to do it. I think is let them learn from their mistakes, you know, and and as long as it's not something that's obviously super dangerous, just let them figure out. Like, and it sounds like your parents pretty much. It sounds like they were that way. Just kind of give you a little, a little bit more rope each time. Yeah, they definitely would give me a little bit more rope, and I mean, I'm I'm very stubborn, so I definitely had a made a habit of learning lessons the hard way, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, you live and you learn, and you definitely go yeah. into every situation moving forward with that experience, and like, mm-hmm. right, maybe maybe don't do that, right, <laughs> like, right, maybe just do better next time. <laughs> yeah, so. right, right, but you you've. I would assume stayed out of trouble and found a way and I'd like to get into in a little bit we'll get into um you know how far you've gone with that confidence and knowing that you'll be all right like you can you've you've done this before you got home from romantic you know yeah it's that played into I'm sure a lot of your traveling which like I said we'll we'll definitely get into it but um before we're off the Hooper Palooza uh I'll tell the listeners because you've heard this before, but I thought the coolest thing was when we were talking at, at Hooper Palooza, Greg Hooper's house, I was telling, I don't even know how we got on the topic, but I, I said, I love this particular trick and it was just, it was the can-can one-hander, but after not picking up a bike for 18 years, and at that time I was probably 45, I couldn't get the hand far off and I'm like can you do that and you're like yeah I can do it I'm like you can do that trick for me he's like yeah no problem like maybe 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 that's my interpretation I remember that because I, I was doing can can tire grab that day and that's what made you mention it because you were like oh that's oh, really sweet okay and then all right you're like do you ever do this though and you were like I love doing this uh-huh. and then I remember doing one you took the picture and like put it up and it, I think it was side by sides. Yeah, you put up the collage and it was cool. My hand was like T-Rex distance, and, <laughs> and your your hand was like, you know, reaching the neighbors. You know, it was like it was it was crazy. But I tell everyone that because I'm like, who in the heck just like changes the trick he was doing into like the extended deal? It was awesome. It was. <laughs> It was fun for me because, uh, you know, being gone that long, a lot of those tricks are—they're totally history at this point. They were done. I was doing them in the '80s. I mean, it's—it's it's an old—it's an old trick, just like that can kind of cross-up thing that I love. It's just—it's an old trick. That's like a—that's like a Chris Moller BMX action, or maybe it was Go or whatever at the time. Um, but it's—it's it's an old trick, so a lot of people aren't really into them. Besides. Hallahans are into tricks like that. For some reason, they zone in on like floaty old school type of tricks, and it's they do have a really good taste in the yeah, stunts they do. They respect the history, and I don't, I don't. I mean, I know why. I mean, they're just good kids, with good parents, but um, they ride their own style, and it's kind of got a little bit of. It's a little more interesting because it seems like they blend in new and old when they ride, so it's. Even as simple as a can-can alone, you know, let alone 
the other crazy stuff they do. What were you going to say? It's really crazy how, like, the Hallahans, they do bring in that, like, old school style of tricks and, like, old school style of riding. Yeah. But they're so young. <laughs> like, it's just, yeah. like, totally new school. And then old school stuff as well. And, I mean, I love watching those kids ride. I met mean, them at uh, Woodward Camp, actually. Yeah. Like, summers ago, whatever. But yeah. Those yeah. kids rip, and they're the real deal. They they are. <laughs> they, they're they definitely the real deal. Um, that For that Scotty Kramer, um, mm-hmm. that benefit jam that was at Trumbull Track. Yeah. I had the pleasure of showing those kids and then Mason Ritter yeah, yeah. around Southern Connecticut a little bit and I got to see bring them to my local park. That was the night before? Yeah, the, the day before they came out to my local I'm bowl. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Saturday before the event because you guys all rode. I've got some video of it, but you guys all rode and I pulled up the video for Mason because I interviewed Mason a co- uh, last week. So... He was in that train too, but I forgot you were in there and it wasn't Hector, so it must have been maybe Colton or maybe it was Hector. I don't remember, but you guys were, they were straight out of the van from driving from Pittsburgh and just ripped into the lines. And then actually, let's go back to your story because you were talking about having the pleasure of, uh, riding with those guys maybe at that same time we were talking about yeah it was just cool getting to see those guys rip up my local park and like i i always oh, think it's really awesome seeing different dudes ride that because it's such a little quirky like new england oh, style yeah. bowl mm-hmm. and just like seeing different interpretations of it is really mm-hmm. great and nathan especially be, i think it's because he was on an 18 inch yeah. like it really just fit the tranny so well because it's a small tight little bowl yeah, yeah, but yeah. watching him ride it really was like awesome like, mm-hmm. no one's really ridden it that way, and I think it's because of the 18-inch, for sure. Yeah. And his interpretation yeah. of, like, the old style as well. Right. So that was yeah. lovely. I had forgotten that you guys went to the park. I was just talking about the jump line on the side, but you guys ripped up the jump line, and then I guess went to the park. Did you go to two parks or one, you said? Uh, I, I just saw them at, we went to my local park, mm-hmm. and I think we rode there until Sunday. Okay. So I think that was the end of the day. Gotcha. And, Yeah. That, that makes sense yeah the, those uh those the kids are amazing and casey the youngest and of course the parents are amazing and uh and then when we did the jump line contest um there you got second j it went j dalton yes. you and then uh mason ritter were the top three right that was the top three yeah which was it was just awesome. I didn't get to see a lot of it because obviously I was running around um, doing doing things I had to do there. But um, at one point I was watching and it was crazy. I mean, it was that was one of the best setups we've had. Uh, last year was a little tougher because it was on the side of a a ski mountain and it was it was fast. It yeah, was I I didn't get to make it out last year, but I remember fast. seeing that and it did look pretty hectic. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, at the Tremble Track event, those mm-hmm. jumps were awesome. They were. I mean, you, you had a solid crew of Connecticut diggers making those jumps. Yeah. And buttering them up. And yeah. Those were awesome. That was a real treat. Remo and Hector, for the most part, were each leading different parts. Because I believe Hector was, or I'm sorry, Remo was about to have a, a baby very, very soon. So he did everything he could. And then Hector did some finish up, you know, just changing things mm-hmm. up just slightly. And uh, just finishing it up. So those guys were awesome. They they just they knew what to build. So 
that's why you would have liked it because it felt like there's kids know what they're doing. That was an awesome thing. I was talking about it actually yesterday with some of those guys um, that we were at Kika with. Mm-hmm. That contest was cool because those jumps weren't just like dirt jumps. Like you, they were trails. Like you had to have some trail mm-hmm. style and control to like get through those well. Right. And that kind of separated a lot of dudes that mm-hmm. hadn't. Like there was a lot of box jump kids like that couldn't mm-hmm. hang on those jumps. Sure. So seeing like Mason and like Jay and I remember mm-hmm. Colton was even ripping those up really well too. Yeah. Like all those dudes seeing them on those were awesome yeah and I remember that uh, the last jump was really cool because it was like there was a pretty adequate trick jump like and that's where all the big stuff went down but the last set yeah like yeah. That, that last double sure but the landing was still real like that was a real jump yeah it was by no means like a trick fly out like at some of the contests no no it may have been it wasn't super packed we, we, thankfully actually it wasn't really super packed but um, but yeah that was you're right. It was a real landing. It had it had angle to it. It was, it was it was real. What was the trick that you did? I want to say it was a rocket air, because. But what's crazy is I think you did the rocket air and your which is on your pegs, right? Yeah. Uh, so you did it on the I want to say on the second to last set, and then you jumped the last set, did something and landed <laughs> and landed pedals. Yeah. So what was that? I did the I did gap to like my back pegs mm-hmm. and landed rocket on the second to last and then did the three whip to get back onto the pedals over the last jump. <laughs> oh my gosh! Wow. That's just um. that was a, like a joke trick that I had been doing at like camp because I had been living there for a year at that point. Yeah. And like we would just jump the box jump and like do. I don't know. No one else rode four pegs, but I would jump the box jump and land on my pegs yeah, yeah. and do fun stuff onto the resi. All right. So that was a really cool spot to like take it to dirt. That was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Oh, God. That was great. I remember being, I was really worried that I was going to get overlooked by the judges because I didn't know if they were going to be able to tell that I landed rocket because where they were sitting. Yeah, yeah. All right. I was like, hey, just for the record, like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to land on my pegs. <laughs> right, right. You're right. It, uh, I think Scotty judged and two of his guys, maybe Vinny and Corey or something like that. It was. Scotty's crew judged while Steve Crandall announced, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that turned out awesome. There was a lot of people just going off. It must have been during the event, before, I should say, before that competition part started, I don't know, there must have been 60, 70 people sessioning those jumps before the contest started. Yeah, there was a lot of dudes riding those. That was awesome. I know we had almost 900 people there, and I was surprised that like basically 10% of the people that were there were riding that jump line. Yeah, there which was, was which is cool. The coolest thing about that event for me is I actually grew up racing at Trumbull Track, mm-hmm. and that was the first time I had really been back since I stopped oh. racing. Yeah, yeah. And so I met like some of the truck operators now, and, and like mm-hmm. they were like, "Oh, dude, come back whenever," and like we'd love to have you. And yeah. So it's been really cool to develop that relationship with them, and now mm-hmm. when I'm in town, I really try to make it out to Trumbull Track and. Right. I think that's definitely the most fun track that they've got going in Connecticut. Like, I was just at Foothills of yeah. Torrington. That's a cool track, but Trumbull is definitely the one, I think, for me. Yeah. But maybe that's just because I grew up there and I got a little bit of... Yeah, I mean, it's... Carry a bias into that. <laughs> well, Rich is... Uh, and it's not just Rich. It's it's Rich uh, Perenzan, I think is how you say it. Um, is a fun-loving guy. He just wants to make things fun. Yeah. as fun as possible but he's somewhat obviously limited but he makes it as fun as he possibly can without it being a hazard or a danger to kids I but. think he's a really good guy for that position because 
he's definitely bringing in a lot of more like BMX freestyle guys where mm-hmm. when I remember growing up racing mm-hmm. it was like freestyle and racing was so segregated and it was like you couldn't do one or the other and like right. those two uh, scenes didn't really seem to mix much mm-hmm. but I know they do like open track nights where they let do, like dudes like me come with yeah. four pegs no brakes and right. like half shell helmets right, just right. come kick it and have fun and like yeah. I think that's really cool and his yeah. son even rides like freestyle BMX and mm-hmm. like those dudes are awesome yeah, yeah. They go to the Woodward weekends. So if you were there at that time, I think they went. Yeah, and it, then he was also the there in the summer as well. Yeah. So oh, the, the son. Yes, uh, the son yeah, was, yeah. He was in my instruction group, and that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Hanging out with him. Um, yeah, that that was that was a lot of fun. Uh, we had to move on from that place as far as the jam goes. I don't really care who yours is part, but uh, USA BMX would not allow any jumps outside of the track. So obviously that eliminated the jump line. Yeah, so that wasn't covered by the insurance. That was the issue. Correct. Right? And they I wanted me to get that. my own. It, so it was not, for the record, in case anyone ever is, wonders about these things, it was not Trumbull's fault or decision or whatever. The year before, we we ran it and hoped for the best. Like We found out like a week before that oh crap we're not supposed to do this like they they want it torn down like now and and liz and i were able to more her than me but i said can you just work up a waiver maybe i think is how it went but we did it by waiver and just like crossed our fingers no one got really hurt i don't recall i feel like everybody that was a good day i think everyone kept the rubber mm-hmm. side down for most, that's good. For the most part or at least shot off like there was so many there was well, actually, maybe there wasn't a lot of room for bailout because there wasn't a lot of room for bailout. You could ask Hector people. Terramoto all about it. He yeah. shot right off the side of that middle jump. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he Sorry, actually Hector. made a mistake. <laughs> oh my God, Hector's one of my favorites because I did I did the podcast with him and he told the whole story about his trip down to the, the southernmost tip of South America on his motorcycle, and he's just such an awesome dude. That actually, guy is incredible. That guy is. Yeah, I like I give him such a hard time. Like we're good friends for anybody that it, thinks I'm being a dick. No, <laughs> I just really like Hector, and we were we were traveling yesterday. Actually, we went to Kiko with the same. Uh, oh, he was there too. Yeah, he came with. Uh, he rode up with Nick. Ah, cool. Yeah, right. but so it's just like yeah. endless banter with that guy. Yeah, and I remember growing up in Milford, Tony's Bikes and Sports. I'd go there like yeah. my bike would be broken or if I wasn't. The mm-hmm. only time I wasn't riding Milford Park is when my bike was broken or it was raining. Yeah, and yeah. so I'd be in the shop like. Oh. talking Hector or <laughs> just getting picked on by the guys there so I've got a picture of him that you could pick on him about oh, if you good. wanted to you'll definitely have to share that though. yeah I <laughs> need some I'll, I'll share I shared it once but it was kind of buried because I was talking about doing a and I may still do it a, a men of BMX calendar oh. you know how they do the, like the fireman ones yeah yeah not something you or I would buy but <laughs> um, so I, in our blood I had, yeah hell yeah why not so I've always got some stupid ideas going on in my head so that may turn out not to be stupid but anyway I, I you know Matt Lucas uh-huh. he was like the, the calendar poster boy because Nick I believe took a picture of him when we were at Cleveland and he's just standing with his bike and with these tiny shorts and obviously Matt's a pretty big dude in a lot of ways so uh, he's just standing there with his bike with just these little tiny shorts on. He got a foot up on his bike, just 
just going like this. Like he's thinking. <laughs> you know, Nick is the best at that. He's always got just like crazy ammunition for. And he just did dump in a group chat. Oh. <laughs> they were ragging on me yesterday at uh, the rolling or whatever. Uh-huh. I forget how it came about, but um, they compared my face guard to that of Harry Potter, <laughs> which I wasn't necessarily very stoked on or flattered by. But there was a picture of me doing a suicide over one of the jumps. Yeah. And so Nick photoshopped Harry Potter's face <laughs> over mine. So I really thank him for that. <laughs> that, that is what Nick is really, really good at. Uh, he can ride, too. <laughs> Man, that dude shreds. Yeah, he does, he does. Was he doing the big, uh, the... I hate calling it this, because... The Long Island 30? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we did name that the Long Island 30, because it was like 28, right, or something like that? I yeah, mean, yeah, that's Kevin Riley's. Or 29 or something. Yeah, Kevin yeah. Riley was telling me all about that. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So you, the 28-foot t- Long Island 30. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so was were you guys were you hitting that too? Uh, I was. Yeah, I was following Johnny Nemchek through that. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know if I don't think Nick was riding it necessarily yesterday. It was mm-hmm. like the first outing of the season. Yeah. Kiko was pretty wet still, so we weren't riding that jump too much. And no. I think Nick sat that one out. And I think that was probably smart of him. Yeah, yeah. Because the landing was a little squishy and was it getting a little, it yeah like they it just fresh you know mm-hmm. so you'd have to land you put the landing gear down back wheel right first. right right but so you can get stuck in whatever yeah Th- that is pretty well shaded too if I remember that's kind of the bottom part of the run there's a lot of trees yeah so it's and then after the, the rain we just got too so it was a little wet oh right 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 God it's been raining like every night. But those Overnight. dudes, yeah, the Kiko locals, they had those jumps, like, in shape. Yeah. I didn't think that, because we were talking about it uh, while Bill invited me to go out on Wednesday, mm-hmm. and it had been raining, like, all week, and I, I didn't think that they were going to be running for this weekend. Right, and right. And it turns out they yeah. had them whipped up. Yeah, they're, they're amazing. They've got a good crew there, and uh, they're just, the Superfly is awesome. There's just... Wild Bill digs a lot there too. Unfortunately, moving. I know. We'll find you in Cleveland. Yeah, we're gonna have to go see him for the trail season in Pittsburgh again. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Because he could be at either Pitt or or uh, Cleveland. Because I think there's some trails around Cleveland, but not to the level of Pittsburgh. I just wrote down the importance of the Milford Park and Tony's to you. Uh, yeah, that's. Definitely something I wanted to touch on, just because I really feel that I'm a product of, like, my local scene in Milford, Connecticut. Like, between my skate park and, like, the kids I grew up there, like, I so much enjoy coming back. I tell everybody it's my favorite park anywhere. Uh-huh. Just, like, I really do. I love it. I love going back and riding it. I still find, like, new ways to look at it. Yeah. Even though sometimes it's a little harder. Right not a very large park there isn't too much to do there but yeah. I, mean, you can do my, I do my best to yeah. still make it fun and have the best with it and just seeing like the kids I grew up with riding with yeah. and it's awesome and like I said earlier when I wasn't there because my bike was broken or it was raining yeah. I was hanging out at the bike shop with my Cisco and yeah, all yeah. those guys and they definitely have had uh, a heavy influence on me coming into BMX and yeah. maturing and the taste that I had of different like tricks and riders that I was influenced by. Mm-hmm. I remember I broke 
my the first com- complete I had was like a fit, and I broke my frame. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to my Cisco. I was like, uh, my bike's broken. Like, what do I do? You know, like, do I have to buy a new frame or what? Yeah. And then he was like, well, we get it warranted, and you can get new, the same stock frame, or you can get like a pro model frame uh-huh. for like 150 bucks or 200, uh-huh. whatever price. Right. And I was like, oh wow, that's sounds sick. Like, I'd love. To. And then some kids from the park, they had like the Eddie V3, and I just liked the color of it. Honestly, I was like, that's sick. Like, I'm gonna ride up there, ride. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Cisco was like, I don't know if that's necessarily like really your style. He's like, are you familiar with like the Aiken S4 like Aiken by chance and I was like not so much like I was just a young kid yeah. and he was like we'll go home watch some Mike Aiken videos oh. and we'll talk tomorrow and he's like his like I remember his introduction to or description of Mike Aiken was like yeah he's winning all the contests and doesn't go upside down because he's the best right right and I was like well, he doesn't need to okay so then I go home and watch some Odyssey Electronical, I don't know, Anthem 2, like, yeah. any one of his legendary parts, and I'm just like, holy shoot, like, this dude yeah. rips, like, yeah. so then, the next day I go to the shop and I got the Aiken S4, didn't get it that day, but right, right. decided on that, Yeah. and, uh, yeah, those dudes have definitely steered yeah. me in the right direction for right. a lot of my BMX life, Right. so, right. very much appreciate them for that, and just helping me navigate, like, the BMX industry as well, mm-hmm. I still call them a Cisco for advice on things with mm-hmm. sponsors and dealings with that stuff sure I'm always be appreciative of them for that so you're kind of a a, a Tony's rider out of a, a friendship relationship more as much as anything else um yeah so Tony's shop team I remember it used to be a lot more formal right or a lot more of a like a, a strict team that you could be a part of yeah now it's like kind of just friends of the shops and like sure but Cisco tries to help everybody so he does it yeah. what he can for the BMX scene down there yeah And I, but I remember I was like 12 when I started hanging out around there mm-hmm. and I was always like he always helped me out with like getting me stuff at price or get, help me with the warranty stuff mm-hmm. and like I'd, but yeah he would always be helping me out and I remember when I was like 14 I got the official bump to the Tony's shop <laughs> team and I was like so stoked you were on flow then? That, that you've got on Tony's flow? <laughs> I don't know. It's just a Tony's shop team. <laughs> right, right. There's not really like flow M or anything with those no, dudes. But. No, I was kidding around. But yeah, Tony, Tony's a great guy. Uh, he. Um, Tony's from Mike's Bikes? I'm sorry. Mike from Tony's Bikes. Yeah, it's been a while since I mixed that one up. Um, but yeah, uh, Mike's always been awesome. Mike from Cisco. And he. He was just a, little, a teenager when I was in my twenties, and we rode some of the same spots. So we're, you know, we're we're loosely connected through that. But he was younger, so I didn't I didn't know him as as well. But he can ride he can ride the barn. That he dude can, shreds. He does. I don't think people realize that. I I know no, I, I know witnessed it. A lot of people overlook his ability to ride, like even still. Yeah. Like when he gets fired up, he'll yeah he'll shoot. Uh, Definitely shock you with some stuff. Yeah. I remember yeah. always trying to get Mrs. Go to come ride the Milford Park. And the, yeah. I mean, he's a busy guy, so sometimes he would come sometimes. Right. But, like, it's a small park, so there's not so much you can do. Right. And he would just do, like, these big flatties on the one hip. I remember taking, I was really taking pictures of, like, the dudes when I was younger, before oh, yeah. I could really, like, do cool tricks. Yeah. I would, like, want to take pictures of my friends doing cool tricks. I've got some shots of Mrs. Go, but, um. Yeah. I remember the first time I went to the barn with him. Mm-hmm. He fired out. He was like, well, you, "You want to film this for me?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." Like, mm-hmm. He didn't really tell me what exactly. He was just like, "Yeah, point at the spine." 
he did like the 270 to over ice and like kind of stalled it out and went into the spine and I was like, damn, that was so gnarly. Yeah. Hey, bear. All right. Oh, watch out. There's just a bear running through Joe's yard right now. <laughs> no, it's our, it's our pet bear. Even that happens to be a cat's name. But uh, no one needs to know that. We have a pet bear. That'll keep people away from our garage, I guess. <laughs> um, so, yeah, as rural, rural as this seems, probably more the reason we have trouble every now and then, people will come early in the morning and look through cars if they're unlocked and just... Really? So. Yeah, we've had... It seems way out of the way. It is. But <laughs> could be coming from Torrington, too. Torrington's only, you know, 15, 20 minutes away, so mm. it's... But, yeah, it could be a water bear. It could be anything. So, uh, so, yeah, we'll let everyone believe there's a bear here that we keep in the garage at night. But, uh... So, anyway, yeah, Tony's... I was I was definitely curious about that and, and like Mike, so uh, that's good to hear. It's... Because uh, I don't think he... Team's not, you know, the team, the, the guys that he helps out. It's not that big, right? It's just a, a few of you that. I remember, especially when I got on, it was a little more tight, mm-hmm. and uh, now it's gotten to like there's been so many years of different dudes getting on and coming into it. Right. And, I mean, once you're on, you're you're on really. Like it's just a yeah. family. It's not yeah like a formal sponsor. Sure. So there's like there's a lot of dudes, and we always talk about the shop team. And, yeah. I guess it's kind of like a, yeah, it's more of a family of dudes. Yeah. So he doesn't help out, like, he, he helps everyone out, but mm-hmm. he doesn't give the title of the shop team to too many people. So it yeah. is kind of like an exclusive thing, but right, right. it's fun. He jokes around, well, I joke around with Hector, because he's on the flow team. Right, right. But Mike's <laughs> got me the pro bump. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, shoot. Yeah, I want to talk about a few other things before we get to... Uh, the sponsors and things like that or just mm. industry in general talked about your family do you have siblings too i've got a little brother yep wow how old is he he's 14 years old probably no interest in bikes um i used to like i've got him on bikes i've always mm-hmm. had him on bikes and he raced when i raced yeah and like he really enjoyed racing but my parents kind of steered him away from bmx freestyle just because of the industry the injuries and mm-hmm. stuff that i've had to deal with through that mm-hmm. and my mom kind of is squeamish about all that stuff so. yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah he, he plays baseball he just started at St. Joe's and he's on that team Like he, they went to St. Joe's for the, the baseball program so that's like the path he's on but so he's playing baseball yeah he plays baseball he's definitely he, he's good at that uh, so one brother and um, and of course your parents which you're talking about yep. which is mom and dad which is cool tight little family unit some more softballs oh <laughs> What's the deal with the Hawaiian shirt, if there is something? Oh, the Hawaiian shirts? Yeah, like, well, I, you've been rocking Hawaiian shirts since I first met you. There was that year of my life that I was traveling with Jordy, mm-hmm. I only wore Hawaiian shirts. Like, yeah. I didn't wear t-shirts ever. Yeah, yeah. It was just the collar and the flowers. And, I don't know, man, my life's, like, pretty much a vacation, so yeah. I'm always wearing Hawaiian shirts. Right. <laughs> oh, that's great. It... You most likely didn't intend on it being that way, but it does make you stand out because I don't know when else riding wearing uh, Hawaiian shirts, that's for sure. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I didn't, definitely didn't do it because of that. I mean, right. me and Jordy, when we would travel, we would just go to like Savers and Goodwill and just go thrifting and stuff. So yeah, you always yeah. just find like 
banger Hawaiian shirts. Right, right. So that was the move. Well, that's probably all that was left in there after Trey Jones went through. Yeah, maybe. But <laughs> buying all the videotapes he can and uh, what's it, wrestling? He's into wrestling shirts. Yeah, wrestling is sick. I just when I interviewed him, he had just gotten back from a thrift store in Pittsburgh, and he was showing his his winnings. Basically, <laughs> he had some he had some pretty crazy stuff in there. That reminds me, did you go to Swamp Fest? One, I did one, two, or three. I've been to all three. You have? Oh yes. Except I kind of sat out in the second one because I messed my ankle up like the day before, uh-huh. like when everyone gets to ride the course mm-hmm. the course it's not a contest it's just the ramps whenever right, it right. gets to like get on the ramps so yeah I kind of get out of hand and right. blew my ankle out on this gap but yeah. it's okay yeah been in all three um, that's cool <laughs> yeah that's awesome I remember the first one that was that was definitely really cool in comparison to the last two I mean totally right. different it, they've been so much bigger since then yeah but yeah. I feel like everyone missed the first one yeah. and was like oh man we really messed up yeah. And made a point to not miss it again. Right. But the first one was like super. It wasn't small by any means. Like no. it was a big event. But mm-hmm. it, yeah, that was like the most genuine, like organic group of just like BMX dudes in a swamp. Yeah. <laughs> there was like, I remember I went there and there was a an actual there was a lake and there was they were talking about gators and I was so adamantly trying to wrestle a gator. I was like, oh, there's gators here. And like, I, I wiki how it with Matt Olson because we were doing shows for Rob Nolly down there. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, oh, dude, like hyped me up for it. And I went uh-huh. on like Google. I was like, how to wrestle a gator, <laughs> <laughs> and like got a technique. And I was like, I just gotta find one now. <laughs> and you could have because didn't they? I wasn't at one. I was at two and three. But at one, I don't know if it was the day before the event or the day of, but someone definitely saw like a nine or ten foot gator or something like that so i got to the first one the day before the event Mm -hmm. and i know while they were building the stuff like there were gators around but they didn't like people so like when there were in the week leading up to the first event there was like people already camping there like building their jumps and working on everything and helping out so yeah they were like with that many people being around like Mm -hmm. we're kind of like like skittish and hiding so by the time that i got there there definitely weren't any gators yeah but made it for you probably know, for the best. Yeah. <laughs> probably got all my fingers today because there weren't any gators there. Yeah. <laughs> so. Was it Van Homen that was on the tube just floating around? Yes, that was Van Homen, and that was awesome. It was awesome, and I'm thinking, God, I hope the gators are gone. I think, I don't know for a fact, but I think I was the first person to hit that swamp rail. Really? I think I was the guinea pig. Nice. Yeah. I never made it across, and I never really intended to. <laughs> <laughs> this year's was pretty crazy. I mean... Did you try that? No. This year's? No. no it was, I didn't want to jump in the mud. <laughs> it would, yeah. It, but but the, I guess what was holding up the rail? There must have been stacks of pallets or something. They yeah. built, like, were they floating? Was it a floating rail? No, there was stacks. It wasn't even, like, over water. It was just, like, over muddy water. Yeah, yeah, So it was, like, a foot or two deep that they stacked pallets on. Yeah. And, yeah, that it, setup looked too sketchy for me. Yeah. Like, it, dangerously sketchy. Right. Because there was a lot of kids that just like bailed and went into the pallets, and it was just like that's, what, that's what I was getting at. I was like, oh my god, when am I falling that? But anyway, um, th- that event works. It just works, you know. I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's crap that that Trey has to deal with every year, um, but all in all, pretty amazing to have that over three thousand people in 
pretty much, pretty much not having too much trouble. You know, it's no one's hurting each other. You know, they're hurting themselves if, if anything. But, but there, there wasn't uh, any real major injuries this year. I don't yeah. think. Like everyone was, like there was definitely people getting like, uh, like work just mm-hmm. riding and stuff, going for that loop. That loop was crazy. Yeah, and yeah. it definitely got real rowdy the night of the event, like with the fires and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The fire department had them coming and shutting that down. But yeah, like all of that considered, it mm. could have been so much worse. And I mean, you got like. 3,000 BMX riders coming out for the weekend just looking to be their worst. Yeah, They're yeah, coming yeah. there with, like, the worst intentions. Yeah, you know, yeah. They're like, oh, we're getting loose. Yeah, and, yeah. like, there's going to be 2,900 other people with the same intentions to egg you on. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. But, yeah, that event is awesome. Yeah. Trey does a really great thing with that. And, yeah. I mean, I respect him a bunch for that. And yeah. Swamp Fest is kick-ass. It, it is. If you've missed it both all three years at this point, you're really blowing it. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And I, I always say do as many of these things as you can now because you don't know what the future is going to hold, so enjoy it while you can, you know. Um, you know what? Oh, I'm just going to ask you this quick one. Did you uh, did you vo- vote on the, uh, for the real BMX? Um, was it 90-second clip or 90-second edits? Uh, did you vote? I did. I watched... Those videos were awesome. Mm. Everyone put out really cool stuff. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm sure other people didn't take the voting as seriously as I did because I was, like, very adamantly wanted to, like, pick, like, one mm-hmm. guy that I thought deserved to win mm-hmm. opposed to, like, voting for everyone, like, different days and stuff. Yeah. But I watched them, and I, I, as much as I really appreciated Greg Ellingsworth because of his spot usage, man, that That's was... That's who I voted for. <laughs> yeah. I was, but anyway. I was so stoked on that video. Uh-huh. But I felt like I I had to vote for Simone oh. and Chadwick. Yeah. They, that video they did was really, really good. Well put together. I like mm-hmm. the intro with the, the Simone Baracco. Yeah. Like the uh, graffiti clips that they yeah. put in. Yeah. Along with, I mean, his writing is so progressive. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not real big on, like, the street style writing that is, like, what is these days. Right. But... I really enjoy his interpretation of it because mm-hmm. he's got a really unique style and right. goes at an obstacle different than just about everyone else that's going to sure. go at it. So, yeah, huge respect to those dudes and the video they put out kicked ass. So I voted for them. Yeah, I think I may have been. I had listened to uh, Illingworth's podcast with Kyle Carlson, and the amount, oh man, the amount he went through just to get it done. I think that's it was kind of like pulling on my heart because he got hurt like right away, right? And then oh, was that? And then he had to hurry up and get better. So you may be right. I'm I'm wrong on a lot of these things, but I think they had just started and he he got hurt, so he had to hurry up and or maybe it was part way into it. They only had a little bit so far, but anyway, he had to hurry up and get better so he could finish this up. That's crazy. I didn't I don't know anything about the timeline. I just saw that it was like the last clip, and I was kind of hoping that it was sort of chronological like that was the last like yeah last bang that he was going for and it didn't right. but man if he had to fight through that injury and get back and put those yeah. clips together right hats off to him that's that's awesome that's, yeah that's where the professionalism really shows in mm. BMX is being able to pull it together under those circumstances yeah yeah 
I mean, everyone's got to feel that kind of pressure because you're selected, right, to do it. So if you're out, it's kind of a bummer because you wanted, uh, was it five or six? I think it's six, yeah. Six, yeah. It, it would suck to lose someone, you know, from the whole competition. And that's but such a the, cool thing to be invited to do as well. Like, that would... I bet. Yeah, that would definitely break me up to not be able to yeah. put something out for that. Right. If ever afforded the privilege, right? Yeah, it, it, it definitely would be a, would be a privilege. I was like that. Uh, I know Dan Collar was also he had to fight through a number of injuries with that yeah. part that he just put out as well. Yeah. So I was really stoked that he pulled that together, and mm-hmm. that was a badass video he put together as yeah. well. Yeah. It was like all of those videos were awesome, but I, I really liked those three. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can go back and watch it. And then you have the assignment of listening to Kyle Carlson to listen to Illingworth's uh, podcast. I feel bad not acknowledging how awesome all of them were because, like, Corey Martinez and... Oh, my gosh. Brad Sims, like, they put out crazy parts, too. Not to overlook any of those. No, no, no. No, definitely not. Those guys are amazing. Amazing. I, I don't know how they all deal with, like, just body compression with the heights they're jumping off of. Whether it be roofs or whatever it is, it seems like something only Tom Dugan should be doing because he probably weighs all 60 pounds because he has bird bird bones. I saw an interesting thing, or I think I might have read it, mm-hmm. about Tyler Ferningle. He was saying how he has like back issues and like like higher upper back issues with his neck, and that some medical professional like was watching how he takes drops. And it was something specific that he does when he prepares for, like, a big drop, like, where his head rocks differently than most. Uh, so that's why he was feeling that soreness. He had to, like, correct that moving forward. And it kind of alleviated the pain. Right. Which is, that's pretty crazy. It is crazy. Oh, my gosh. All right. Another real positive topic. <laughs> Just kidding. But I did want to ask you about concussions because uh, not deep into the concussion debate, but... How many of you had, would you guess? Ooh, yeah. See, and are you feeling effects at all? That's definitely a gray area that I don't like to uh, put much thought into uh-huh. as far as my own issues with that because I know as a young kid, like, before the age of 16, I had suffered, like, 16 concussions. 16? And so, like... All from BMX or were we doing other sports? No, just BMX. Uh-huh. But, uh, like, the Aaron Falls a lot thing, that's not a joke. <laughs> that's <laughs> not just a funny gag. I right. really fall a lot. Uh-huh. But, um, and I wasn't necessarily super careful about it when I was young. I just didn't respect right. the danger of what we were doing and uh, the ramifications for those actions. But sure. I've definitely learned that lesson probably the hard way, like I've made that habit of. But um, mm-hmm. I'm a huge advocate for safe practice with, like, helmet use and giving yourself like adequate rest and like nourishment before you ride because that was an issue with myself is like especially when I'm traveling I travel I'm really frugal and like Mm -hmm. I just get caught up in stuff so I'll go days without not whole days but like I'll go ride a session and maybe skip breakfast or something and some my body's kind of running on empty Uh and I'm expecting so much of it riding at these contests doing the most that I can and then I crash out because I, my body just doesn't doesn't have the fuel it needs, and mm-hmm. so you've just got to be careful with that stuff and mm-hmm. 
I'm so big on helmets. Mm. Like, right. any kid that's ridden a skate park with me that wasn't wearing a helmet could mm. tell you. Like, I always call everybody out, like, wear a helmet. It's yeah. the simplest thing, and it's just stupid not to. Mm-hmm. And, how, like, the big the question I always pose, like, how many heroes does our sport, how many, mm-hmm. how many heroes do we have to lose to head injuries before everyone can just learn the lesson wear right. their helmet you know right and like these guys we're wearing like a lot of them have been wearing helmets and how that happened like mm-hmm. and kids hit me with the argument like well i don't i don't do much i'm not doing anything crazy it's like we'll talk about scotty kramer like mm-hmm. he hit a pothole like that's just bad luck that'll happen to any one of you mm-hmm. any one of us and right yeah that definitely weighs on on me personally mm-hmm. and especially last year Last year was real heavy for injuries, just personally and seeing them as well mm-hmm. with the Vans contest. Like, it was a rough year for everybody, I think. But I remember in Mexico, Jamie Cuparellas, he he went down real hard. and oh, did I was spleen. Like, no, that was his head. He did a spleen in Spain. Oh so that gosh. was like, yeah, that was a whole thing. But I remember Jamie was going for this gap in Mexico, and uh, I was the guy who was, like, getting everybody out of the way. So I didn't necessarily see the landing. So I was just like, yeah, dude, like, you got it. Here goes your run. They call Jamie Cuparellas, jumping on the course. He drops down. And, like, I just didn't see him come back up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, shoot. So then I walk over, and Jamie's laying there on the floor, like, ugh. Not and responsive, just... Jump down, dude, and he's just not responsive. Mm-hmm. I, ended up, I was the guy in the van going to the hospital with him, and, like, mm-hmm. he came to eventually, and he was talking, mm-hmm. but he wasn't there. Right. I remember him asking the same question, like, hey, where am I? What's, like, just asking questions, like, what mm-hmm. happened? What did I do? And I would tell him, and then th- 25, 30 seconds later, same questions. And it's like, mm-hmm. that was scary. That that really uh, changed things for me and my perspective on mm-hmm. things. And that was after I had lost my spleen five weeks earlier. You did? Well, last summer. I didn't know that. At the regional qualifier at Woodward Camp, actually, for the Vans contest. No way. I, yeah, I ruptured my spleen in the deep end of that bowl. Oh, man. So I had to go through that surgery. And then, actually, Mexico was eight weeks after that. Mm-hmm. Because Huntington Beach was five weeks, and I couldn't ride because of limitations. Right. With the surgery, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like, they took my guts out. And right. Put it back in. Right. And left one. But, and then Jamie had the same injury as Cause he so Mexico he got the concussion it right. was really bad and then Malaga was like four weeks later that's like, it it was pretty close yeah they I think like a lot of the guys went to the Battle of Hastings and then went straight to Malaga and that was uh-huh. like in between so he was still riding and like probably wouldn't be the best idea but like he was qualified to ride semifinals in Malaga at the World Championships for the Vans Pro Cup because mm-hmm. he won the regional qualifier in Mexico and yeah. I mean I totally understand like I don't know if I could pass mm-hmm. up that opportunity like that's right. a big deal yeah and right. so he was just right in practice and it's this really speaks to the importance of like letting giving your body the necessary time to heal and mm-hmm. your brain specifically because you only get one mm-hmm. and just because you feel okay walking around and talking to your friends doesn't mean your brain is mm-hmm. has caught up. Like you're still sluggish in like that split moment when you have to decide am I gonna bail or am I gonna ride this out or mm-hmm. where am I gonna chuck my bike or how am I getting out of this? 
your brain's not moving fast enough. And Hector, Hector Terramoto, he's always instilled, like, how important it is to let your head rest. And what he always told me is, like, once you hit your head, it's like a magnet to the ground. Like, you're so much more likely to hit your head again. Mm-hmm. Just because of where your brain is at and how not fully functioning is from that injury. Right. And Jamie was just cruising in practice. Like, he wasn't doing anything crazy. And just, I think there was someone sweeping out a bowl or something, and he just, mm-hmm. like, went to dodge him and, like, washed mm-hmm. and went down and didn't hit his head, luckily. I wasn't there, but just washed. I was supposed to go and meet him. I was meeting him that morning. Uh-huh. And uh, then I called them, and no one was answering, got to the park, and they were yeah, like, oh, yeah. we just took Jamie to the hospital. We don't know what's going on, because he fell, and he hit his abdomen. Right. Not hard, nothing crazy. Yeah. But he was lightheaded and ended up passing out. Mm-hmm. But he just hit his spleen just right, and that's all it took. And that dude had the same surgery that I had, like, the splenectomy mm-hmm. where you remove the spleen entirely, like, you can't keep it, because mm-hmm. it's ruptured too much, and you just can't save it. Mm-hmm. He had that happen to him. He had to go through that in a Spanish hospital yeah. with doctors that he didn't, he couldn't verbally communicate with. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was so hectic. Because that was crazy for me in a hospital in Pennsylvania, right. where I, I knew everything that was going on. I was talking to, so what do you get? What are you doing? What do you put in my body? Like, mm-hmm. and I know Jamie's just as particular about that stuff as well, mm-hmm. about like the medications they put in you and stuff like that. Sure. So he would have been asking those questions, but he couldn't. And that was really tough. Yeah. But luckily, he had Trish, the uh, physical trainer that goes to this contest with him, helping him through that with like, the translators and stuff. So That's good. Huge shout out to her. Like She's the best. Yeah. She really is the best for everybody. Is she employed by Vance to go along? Uh, yeah. To, to stop, stop to stop? I know she's she's been around like all all sorts of crazy contests. Like, she's yeah. been like the gal forever. Awesome. But she definitely goes to the Vance ones, and she's at every stop. Right. She wasn't at the regional qualifier at Woodward because, I guess, Woodward didn't deem it necessary and didn't want outside yeah. medical personnel there, uh, even though the medical own. personnel there yeah. was looking at me in the face, white as a ghost, and I'm bleeding internally because my spleen is ruptured. And I'm stubborn, like I said, so I'm sitting there, and I'm yeah. telling the physical trainer at camp, I'm yeah. saying... I'm no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm not leaving because I wanted to watch Jay, my buddy Jay Dalton. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to take watch him take his second run. Yeah. And I was like, nope, I'm fine. I'm just chilling. And then Jay took his run and because uh, he crashed in his first one as well, but not yeah. well, not bad. seriously injured. Mm-hmm. But he was beat up. It was yeah. a bad crash. I'm sure everyone saw it. He right. like did that crazy pullback, but mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm like, no, I'm gonna watch Jay ride his second run. Mm-hmm. And then he goes and does a manual, puts his front tire down, and like doesn't really put the, pull the run together just because he's hurting and stuff. Yeah. So I was like, all right, actually, I'm bleeding internally, and we need to go to the hospital right now. So not only did they... They sent me in a minivan, like, with a camp driver yeah. to State College, which is, like, a 45-minute drive. Uh-huh. And it was a 45-minute drive, yeah. which, with me bleeding my guts oh. out. Then I got to the hospital in State College, and they couldn't adequately do anything with me. So uh-huh. they had to lifelight me to Hershey oh, via okay. helicopter, which was pretty hectic. Yeah. But I'm fairly confident that if they had adequate medical personnel there, uh-huh. that I should have been lifelighted straight from camp, because that's not unprecedented. 
and right. they someone would have known. Man, he Jerry Batters was in the bowl with me when I fell. Mm-hmm. He was like one of the first guys in there, and he told the trainer she he was like he ruptured his spleen like mm-hmm. he's got to go. I've seen this injury before, like this is not something to play with. And she was like, no, no, like you don't have any medical, uh, like you've got no medical issue, uh, uh, So frustrated. Just, kind of pushed him away and blew him off and it was just like oh if someone had just known to do that mm-hmm. then they would have been like known not to send me to state college because they mm. can't do anything for me and I would have right. gone straight to Hershey right but I mean I made it through so that's okay yeah but it could have been worse and it could have been a different situation oh uh, alright um not to get heavy on you no, but no, I don't, I don't, I don't mind it at all. I mean, with that topic that you let in with, with the concussions and stuff, yeah. I think that was kind of geared to get there. Yeah. Well, no, I didn't know. I didn't know about yours. Um, and that's another thing. I'm usually not really like outward about sharing that about myself. Yeah, I just publicly, at least, like r- right. I understand, and I appreciate you trusting me to talk about it. Um, you know, almost everyone I interview has has been concussed numerous times, but not everyone's the same as as I believe you said. You know, not everyone's the same whatsoever. So it's um, it's pretty scary because it's uh, it's what about later? You know, what about yeah. when you're forty? That's you know, the scary thing too. Is like this is the same brain I'm gonna live the rest of my life with. Yeah, and I've already done what I have to it, mm-hmm. but. I think I hear stuff about um, what are they what is it CT CTE yeah CTE mm-hmm. and I just block it out like I don't even I don't want to hear anything about it I don't want to know about it right and like I know they were talking about CTE and stuff with like riders mm-hmm. previously and yeah I don't I just put it out I don't want to think about it I don't really want to do that They're just because it, it's scary it, is. it scares the shit out of me yeah, they. Uh, I know they're well. They're always testing. I'm sure, but uh, before Kevin Robinson passed away, he was going to I believe it was Colorado, and they were they were running a CT test on him, just to as a I don't want to say a baseline, but but as part of as part of their study. So they were getting pretty in depth with him. It was a voluntary deal, but he talked about it a bit uh, in this exercise group that I was part of that I should really become part of again um, but anyway he talked about it a little bit then and that was that was uh, four or five months before he died and uh, not putting the two together whatsoever but um, I think we were what were we doing we were finishing about the concussions but yeah so we're I could finish that up with that's I'm always so adamant about mm-hmm. um Helmets, just helmet use, and kids wearing helmets at skate parks, and yeah. even in the last couple of years, it's been really cool to see, as far as like street running goes, because for a while it was like you yeah. couldn't ride street with a helmet. There was like that weird thing, like it wasn't cool. Which is crazy, because I see heads bouncing off of concrete all the time. Yeah, it's awful. It makes it's oh, it makes me. my stomach churn. Yeah, me too. But it seems like that cool guy thing has kind of been going away, and I, I really love seeing dudes like. Like Boyd Hilder and Mark Burnett, like real street riders, mm-hmm. riding street wearing a helmet. That's awesome. And like, yeah. I do my part. I do yeah. street clips with the helmet. And if you're on your bike, you should have a helmet on your head. It's so important. 
Definitely. No, I agree. And I, I was even talking about, I prefer to wear a full face, not because I'm that pretty, but just not wanting to go through the pain of just breaking my jaw or knocking teeth out, that kind of stuff. But I understand it's hard to ride with a full face. Street would be, it's hard enough to get someone to wear a regular helmet, let alone a full face, but... You know what I mean? That full I, face. I so much wish that I could get into Jeez. the habit of wearing a full face. I know. And there are dudes that like do it. Like there's yeah. Dougie, Dougie from Brazil. He wears a full face, rides the Vans comp. He yeah. Ra- he won the regional qualifier in uh-huh. Chile. He's like an X Games big yeah. air, like a vert guy. Yeah. But he wears his full face in the bowl. Really? And like gets down. Parker Heath. Nice. He wears the full face all the time. Uh-huh. And I, I respect Parker a bunch for that because he doesn't take any flack for it. Yeah, it, I don't think anyone should. And the discussion we were having when was when I was uh, interviewing um, Eric Miller, um, otherwise known as Zoo from Pittsburgh, and uh, Murphy Machete, a guy that takes a lot of pictures at the wheel mill that also kills it on a bike. But Chris Doyle was sitting in on the interview and bailing me out. Just was not prepared for that. My point is, is Chris was there and we were all talking about it and it, it's losing any periphery or like down, you know, they really feel uncomfortable with that it, that um, sight line block, if, for lack of better words. Yeah, and I, I understand that, and I also I like racing it. The, the big helmet bugged me because mm-hmm. of the weight. I mean, yeah. I was a little guy with this big thing and felt like a mm-hmm. bobblehead. Right. But I, I was at the track earlier today with, and uh, this, held this one helmet. It was the, the some Fox, like, super light, whatever. Yeah. And it was, like, real compact and real tight, and uh-huh. there was, like, foam, and I think there was carbon. I don't know. Some uh-huh. crazy helmet technology. It, but it's it carbon. was super light. Yeah. And, like, it it was lighter than my helmet, my mm-hmm. half shell. And I was like, wow, you can really get down with this. <laughs> I have to throw this in real quick before I forget. I just got the Fox donation for the jam. Three of those helmets in there, three different sizes. Carbon. The, the exact helmet you're talking about. And they're not cheap. They're worth every buck but you're right like i felt one of them when i was i was taking pictures of what the donation was yesterday and the helmets were amazing i couldn't i couldn't believe it because i wear a regular fly helmet which is probably more basic more probably more plastic in it or whatever uh but yeah fox just donated three of those plus a couple half shells and just stuff so it was awesome but anyway that's very cool though yeah Definitely, yeah. They they were really great last year, and they're uh, they're great this year too. Because p- part of it, um, Scotty Kramer's sponsored by Fox. Yeah. Trying to get Nina up here because I'd love to have an awesome woman to represent. You know, women because a lot of women show up. Um, Man, I would awesome. love to see Nina in Connecticut. Yeah, yeah, she's she, awesome. Well, I, I'm trying. I'm trying. I have to. I have to work it out because she has been traveling. About it too. Yeah, yeah. She's that worth it to have around just because people people love her i mean it's everyone knows she's just such forever has been the woman river and yeah and and just gathering people together total positivity the whole thing so you were talking about helmets talking about you know super light ones but it's still tough the only time people wear them is half pipe yeah it's like kind of a vert thing and yeah but there are dudes, like, I see dudes at the Feast Contest wear the full face, and yeah. it's kind of hard to not, I don't know. It, yeah. Wouldn't want to be I a hate, judge. I hate to, I hate to put it, like, it's, <laughs> they look, I don't know. It's weird. It's hard. 
No. Scotty Kramer, you know, Scotty Kramer wore a full face in his Vans Illustrated part right in the street, and I thought it was badass. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I Scotty did not... Kramer is the man. Yeah, I didn't know that. We're good on helmets. Talked about that. And uh, I'll say one more quick thing is Brian Foster took a firm stand on that. Uh, end of last year, maybe? He said, basically, any any post I see, if you're not wearing a helmet, plan on hearing it from me. Yeah. Or just know that I don't approve. <laughs> so it it's was really cool, cool because he put his foot down and said, nope, helmets all the time. Or don't even ride with me, basically. I don't know, not those words exactly. Don't ride with me, but he was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch, see how many people are wearing helmets." It's crazy seeing dudes at trails not wear helmets. <sighs> yes, it is, and I, I love, I love my trail friends. But man, the couple times I have not worn a helmet because I'm like, "Oh, I'm just gonna jump these couple little things." That's when it gets you. I know, and it didn't. But I was stupid enough to post it. And Jeff Allen, the first person, <laughs> first comment, I don't know how he gets to, to the comment so fast. It'll be within 30 seconds of me posting it. Nice ride, but where's the helmet? <laughs> like, that's what he, he sends it to me by text right away. I'm like, I know, but I was just, in, you can't win the argument. It's an unwinnable no argument. You, you, you put yourself out there wearing just a hat. And you should. So he, he's he's totally right. I was I was just screwed. There's no getting out of that. I've I don't think that I've ever posted anything without a helmet. Really? And good for you. Mainly because I'd never uh, ride without a helmet. So we'll get off the uh, the helmet part. Uh, do you want to do the quick one? Like, yeah. Let's let's do. What's your favorite terrain to ride? My favorite terrain to ride. Yeah. Oh. I'm really big on riding whatever's in front of me. That's what I say. I just like to ride my bike. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to be able to have fun on whatever you're riding. Uh-huh. But I grew up racing, and I grew up on dirt, and there's really nothing as cool as riding a good set of jumps. Right. Like, right. It's the best. It is. I love riding trails. I love, I mean, ramps. I love ramps. Mm-hmm. Even when I ride street, like, street is really awesome because it's all so subjective and different and interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not meant to be ridden necessarily, mm-hmm. but you're making your own with it and like spot usage and stuff. It's, I really get a kick out of that and like enjoy that, but mm-hmm. I like riding spots that kind of look like ramps. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. That's yeah. why I was so big on Greg Ellingwood's uh, just X Games video he just put out because it was so cool. He had a lot of transition spots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if right. I could have my ideal video, mm-hmm. it would just be on a bunch of street ramps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Van's finding a ton of them in Japan too, isn't he? I know. He, I want to like seeing like it, it's so cool the ones he's posting. I just just like wow. I don't know if I know Van well enough. Uh huh. But I want to go to Japan to see him and ride those spots. <laughs> you have uh, probably a year and a half. Yeah. So uh, the time's tick- the clock's ticking. Yeah. But. I, I want to see him at an event and be like, "Hey, dude, if I come to Japan, will you show me around?" <laughs> I would think he'd love it. You know, he's he's definitely he's, he's a cool enough dude that I'm sure he would be cool. But uh, I would almost guarantee it. He's also like a legend, so I don't know if I want to be like. Yeah, he's pretty laid back. He's super laid back. Yeah, I don't. I think mean, still, like he deserves the respect of like 
But yeah, the training spots that he's riding in Japan look insane. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so street, but with transitions, or or has some transitions. So even if it's just like a wedge, yeah, against the wall. Yeah, even if it, I really like it, even if it kind of flows like transition, like it doesn't even necessarily have to have anything, but like a good setup, like a down ledge, with like with a stair set, even like mm-hmm. I don't know how to like verbally communicate it, but there are spots that mm-hmm. I ride that are that don't have any transition, right. but I think about them like I'm riding. A skate park or a sure. bowl almost. Yeah. And maybe it doesn't look like that at all, but that's mm-hmm. kind of like when I pick my line, that's, mm-hmm. that's where the, the roots are. Yeah. And so I really enjoy that. I've, I've grown to be kind of picky with street spots, mm-hmm. and I ride a lot less street than I did growing up just mm-hmm. because I would ride all the time. Right. And like when the skate park got dark, we would just go right street. Right. And yeah. these days I just ride a lot of skate parks mm-hmm. and bowls specifically, but. So mostly. Yeah. Excuse me, mostly concrete skate parks, not prefab stuff. Or, or do you not discriminate if it's a decent... I don't discriminate, but I grew up riding concrete, and I just... I think it's cool. How long has that Milford Bowl been there? Or um, the park, I should You know, say. we've been talking about this. This is like a third time this conversation's been had since I've been in Connecticut this time. I th- it's got to be like 15, 15 really? years at least. Because when I started going there, mm-hmm. it had been there long enough that... They ran it as like a YMCA thing, so it was like okay. you had to pay five dollars to ride. Sure. And there was a like gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. It had been there long enough that that was not a thing anymore, mm-hmm. and it was kind of just free range. Yeah. And that was nine years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's got to have been there for like at least fifteen, wow. twenty years. Huh. And man, I can't speak highly enough of that bowl. <laughs> I love it. Did you learn how to flip there? Um, I did. I landed my first backflip there. I remember watching that. I did... When you, when you posted it, I saw it. I did backflips to foam. Mm-hmm. I tried one to resi, but got scared and it didn't work out. And I was like... But where you did it was not an easy spot either, I didn't think. That was just being comfortable with it. Like, I, yeah. I really learned pretty much everything there. Because it's a fly out and we would dig a dirt sure. landing, so it's like... Yeah. That was my resi. You know, I'd, bring a, I'd drag a carpet out from, like, bulk pickup yeah. and put it down, and that was the resi. And, like, I wrote it... <laughs> As such, yeah. like I was confident just bailing on that thing. Right, right. I was young, get up quick. We got back from that trip, me, Jay, Masisco, Hector. It was like, it was a Tony's trip, so yeah, like yeah. the shop guys. Yeah. We went to the wheel mill. Uh-huh. No, not the wheel mill. We went to Ray's and what was the one that was in upstate New York that isn't in Cranks. Cranks, yeah, we went to Cranks and then Ray's. Mm-hmm. And I was riding the foam pit and resi at Ray's and they were like all egging me on to do mm-hmm. flips because it took me like five years to ever agree to trying a backflip and Jay would always push me and be like it's taking me almost 49 <laughs> he would he, Jay learned flips and he was like they're the easiest thing like you've got to try it and then four years later I was still like no <laughs> it's yeah, scary yeah. right right I just couldn't get over the block and then i just had my guys behind me on that trip so I did it to foam and like yeah. I initially started because I couldn't go straight back that was yeah. the scary thing I would right. do like drop fives into the foam pit so I'd land backwards oh okay and that's how I got comfortable going upside down and then I worked it out uh-huh. but there aren't foam pits or resis in Connecticut so we went back from that trip and I didn't get to land it there and I was like man when am I ever going to be able to do a backflip right. the next like you know it's going to be until like next winter so right. I was like, I've got to do something now while I still have the motion for it. Like, yeah. I still have the yeah. feeling of doing that to foam. Like, mm-hmm. I have that confidence going into it. So we 
there's a big snowstorm that we drove back through, which was pretty got out of hand on the road, but yeah. we made it. It was okay. And then the next day, I was shoveling out the local park to ride like just the quarter pipe and the, the jump that we usually would. We would shovel out just a part of it and put the rest of it in the bowl. Mm-hmm. And instead of that, I was just chucking snow on the landing. I was like, I'll just make. I've I heard heard stories about dudes doing that. Like Masisco would tell me like yeah. back in the day before foam pits and like. Matt mm-hmm. Still even was telling me, like, that's how he learned it, was in the snow. And so I was like, you know, like, I was just chucking on the lip, and I was, that's what I did. Yeah. I called Jay to come to the park that day, because, like, he was, my guy helped me with that trick. Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah, Jay, the park's totally rideable, like, we're just having a session out here. <laughs> just to get him to come, otherwise he wouldn't have. Yeah. And so he shows up, <laughs> this parking lot is snowed in my foot. I don't know why he believed me. He's crazy. But I was like, yeah. So I dug a landing and I'm gonna do a backflip, and then like he decided to make a video of it. It wasn't like a planned or anything. It was just I tricked him to come so he could tell me how to do it. Oh my god, Jay needs some attention. Not that he's asked for. He, I'd love to shed more light on him or someone else. I don't care who does it. <laughs> Someone's gonna shed more light on that guy. That's and Chris Doyle just yeah. mentioned him in, in his last post. I think he reposted what we did. Anyway, yeah, we both agree on that one. He's, he's got to get some, some attention. I also tried my first flare at Milford Park. Really? Yeah, I got a, another bulk pickup find, got a mattress, and put it next to the quarter pipe, <laughs> and started sending flares. Didn't it, land them, didn't learn anything that day, but I definitely got upside down and fell on the mattress. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, thank God. You didn't learn them since, right? I... I've done flares. Oh, you have? Okay. I'm not real good at them, but mm-hmm. I can do them. Right. I just... Right. They don't really look great, and I don't like the way... Yeah. I just don't like the way they look, so I don't do them. Yeah. I've done a lot of flares trying to get better at them in, like, closed mm-hmm. sessions, but not that good at them, so yeah. I just... Ugh. It doesn't make sense. I don't know. Right. Every once in a while, like, a street spot, I can, like, make it happen. Uh-huh. Because the, the bar is definitely set a little lower for riding away on street. Right, right. Like... The second flare I ever did off of Resi was on the seawalls in Barcelona. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I was just really stoked to be in that spot and uh-huh. wanted to do something I was stoked on. Wow. So. <laughs> Jeez. And I'm kind of, when I do flares, I'm afraid of casing so much. Uh-huh. I always go to flat, so it doesn't matter. I couldn't case if I tried. Right. But, so I'm mentally, I'm not really, I don't like flaring stuff that I can reach the top of. So uh-huh. like the seawalls in Barcelona, like... You're not going to get anywhere near the top doing a flare, so I'm mm. fine, you know? Right. And then I did it. I've done three or four flares off of, like, a foam pit or resi in my life. Mm-hmm. And the other one was, like, this abandoned water park, like, slide thing uh-huh. that we found in Texas. Oh, wow. And it just worked because I could pull. And there was a lot of ramp to go to, so yeah, I didn't yeah. land flat. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You can have it. Um, <laughs> you know what? It's crazy. Of course, I haven't I haven't watched you ride a lot of park or um, or bowls, but I have watched you ride dirt. You're amazing on dirt. Like, I remember the first time I saw you ride dirt it had to have been at the GM trails. Yeah, the um, Manor Trails in yeah, Connecticut. When we had that, well, not we. When we all went to that jam, that mm-hmm. that Jay and and Nelly and uh, Flatline Dave wasn't there. Yeah, but anyway, uh, you were doing these dip threes, but they may have even been 
dip three trucks, maybe, but um, I, I want to say you spun the bars. Uh, in, well, I don't remember specifically, but I know sometimes I can do a little dump truck. Yeah. <laughs> well, but you were, it was dipped, which made it look like even cooler, you know? I, I don't know why, it just looked cooler. Um, well, thank you. Yeah, so that, that, and I mean, you were ripping all kinds of stuff on that, on the, the trick jump, we'll call it. They had that big platform. I don't know if the platform was there when when that jam happened, but anyway. And I'm sure you killed it yesterday. I'm sure you had fun at, at Kiko. Man, that place yeah. was awesome. Yeah, Yeah, is. I was really stoked on that. There yeah. was like that one technical line whammo. Mm. It's got the crazy berm and that spine jump. I was I was real, I was stressing that line a lot because I yeah. was riding a brake list and I was going to ask you. You definitely would want to slow down going into that berm. Mm-hmm. And I wish I was squeezing free brakes. I just didn't have them, you know. But yeah. So then I was riding the other line just to kind of avoid that one. Right, right. Which right. is more of a bigger, like, lofty line. So yeah, that was yeah. cool. On the outside, kind of? Yeah. All a, lot of, a lot of right hips? Yeah, a lot of right hips. It's more of a straight line. So gotcha. a lot of less technical stuff. Yeah, yeah. And that's the one you could jump over. Yeah. Well, either way, you could jump. Yeah, you could jump over. Because now they have that pump track there, I think, that cuts... Through. They do have, yeah, the pump track goes under Whammo mm-hmm. and Jeff Allen jumped his, yeah, ahead, ju- jumped his son. You got a really cool picture of him doing a flatty over Zach. I saw it. That was so cool. Yeah, those dudes are awesome. They are. They definitely are. Jeff was talking about how excited he is to get on the podcast. He says, yeah, right. he says he's going to be talking your ear off all day. Yeah, right. You might be able to get him off. Oh, my God. You know what he would say if I asked him one? And these are, and be, no one's going to see it on here, but it's two humongous <laughs> middle fingers. His favorite way to, his favorite sign language. Oh, uh, you know what I might have for you? Yeah. Nick made these stickers of oh, Jeff them. Allen's face, do you? I think I, I've got one in my wallet for you, but I if you've got them. I forgot that I had them when we went to a, uh, it was a 40 and over uh, men's retreat weekend in Richmond at Steve Crandall's a uh, month or two ago. And uh, I thought I didn't have them, but I had them. I was supposed to hand them out there. I blew it on that one. But anyway, yeah, th- those st- those stickers are amazing. And did I see a video of him? Like, he was putting his face next to the sticker and trying to make the face that's on the sticker. Probably. I hope so. And, <laughs> oh, God, it was so funny. I, I would imagine Nick, Nick recorded it, but... It was just hilarious, because he's like, I can't make my face do what, what's in that picture. <laughs> Well, obviously it's him, but anyway, I'll have to post a, pi- a picture of the stickers so people listening will, uh, will understand, but yeah, Jeff's awesome. If I can get Jeff and Ted, Ted Nelson. That's what you were saying, that you wanted to get them on. I'm trying so hard. I almost, if I didn't have uh, good morals and and <laughs> we've, we've all gone out to dinner, I was just going to put the phone down and record and <laughs> let it go, but... I already told them I'd never do that to them. You know, there's, they deserve that respect. Because, uh, honestly, it's uh, what you're doing right now. It's it's not easy, I don't think, at all. We kind of know each other, so this, this is easier for me anyway. Yeah, it's definitely um, not bad because we do have an established relationship. But, like, yeah, speaking on this, like, something that's going to record it, we're going to have to listen to it, <laughs> is weird. Like, yeah, it, it, it is... One time um, I was interviewed, and it was by uh, Brant Moore, and he did it on, he, he did it by video too, so he could post it as a YouTube 
mm-hmm. post, and I just don't like being filmed. Like, just talking like this. I just don't like it. I Whatever, but... That's even more stuff to worry about. You gotta worry about what you're talking about and how you're looking. Yeah, like. yeah. And I'm like, all right, so are you gonna edit this? It's like, no. I'm like, nothing? You're gonna edit anything. Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> and he kept asking me this question at the end, and I'm like, I wasn't answer. I wasn't... I wasn't really, like, clicking with what he was looking for, for... Not necessarily for an answer. It was supposed to be my own answer, but I just... I. I couldn't connect with what he was really asking, and uh, and I was thinking after it was all over, I'm like, damn it, I'm stuck with that because he's not going to edit it out. <laughs> but it, it's it doesn't matter, trust me. It's like not a big deal. But it was one of those deals where I didn't have control. For once, it was me that didn't have control, and it made me. Re- that was back in January. It totally made me kind of reset and be like, okay. I mean, I'm I'm always you know super laid back with it and tell people don't worry about a thing you know if I hear anything I'll shoot you an email or a text the in the hot mean. seat give you a whole new perspective totally <laughs> yeah it, answering on the spot like that because like, lots of times I'll get Instagram questions and uh, but I'll get them you know on Instagram so of course if you're being interviewed you could you could read them if you want. I don't really care if anyone reads them. Sometimes I'll be like with Mason. I was like, "Did you read? Did, did you cheat?" <laughs> and he was like, "No, I didn't. It's been such a pain all week long. I wanted to go on there to see what the questions are." So Mason, Mason didn't look. But what I'm saying is, I wouldn't care if anyone cheated. You know, like yeah. I was not a test. You're okay. No, no, <laughs> definitely. But anyway, sorry. Tangent on that one. Um, can we talk? Uh, quickly about trips because since man since you were even 16 like when did you first go out of country so oh include canada if you've been to joyride or yeah, anything like that canada counts i remember that's how i got my passport i was in a, i was on a trip with some friends going up to joyride and like mm-hmm. last minute i got on the trip so i had to like expedite my passport and like mm-hmm. get it and that was which is expensive isn't it Probably, yeah, I must have been 16, so that was, I think I was 16 years old when I got my passport and went to mm-hmm. Toronto, I went to Toronto, for mm-hmm. New, it was New Year's Eve actually, it was sweet, it was really quite the trip, uh-huh. Jordan grinned and he kissed some Asian girls, it was pretty sweet, Jordan, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh. but we went to Joyride for that trip, and then I also mm-hmm. went to Toronto Jam later that year with JCE, Jamie Cooperellis. Ah, that would be a lot easier to say. I guess they're doing that. That's is what he, that's what Daryl calls him, JCE. Really? Yeah. yeah. So like Vans Pro Cup. It's good. Alter enough. ego is JCE. Ah, that's so funny. Yeah. If it's good enough for Daryl, it's good enough for me. But, so so from there, um, that was the first time you'd gone, and then yeah. So that was the first like country. international stuff. But mm-hmm. I, I didn't do a whole lot of international travel mm-hmm. when I was living in Connecticut mm-hmm. I was just I was traveling a lot doing shows for Team East and mm-hmm. just like up and down the east coast like, mm-hmm. you know on the road but then I turned 18 I bought a car mm-hmm. drove to California and then that kind of started the like that's where I I don't know I always had the travel bug I think but like was really set free because I was yeah. 18 moved out of my parents house and right was just living by my own rules mm-hmm. so I was just doing shows saving money mm-hmm. living on like as little money as I could so I could spend right. more money on traveling right 
and uh, yeah, I've been doing some stuff since then. I've been in state college for two years. Uh-huh. I, I moved. I went to California, and I was like, I'm moving to California, and then I got kind of burnt out in California. Yeah. Because uh, it's just weird. Mm-hmm. Because you think about it, and like in your in your head, and like on Instagram and everything, it looks like everything's in California. Everybody's there. It must be something yeah. going on all the time. Right, right. But like Cali Kid Syndrome is so real, because it's every day is a nice day. There's always tomorrow. Yeah. So they'll be like, oh yeah, we'll just go tomorrow. Like we don't need to go ride today. Like we could ride some other time. Right. I was living in so I was living in Pennsylvania for a couple mm-hmm. of years, and during that point is when I really started to travel a lot more for the Vans contest because mm-hmm. they had the regional qualifier at camp mm-hmm. the first summer and then I was talking to Dennis McCoy after and I was like hey like I'm gonna be in Huntington for the, like the beach thing he's like I just I was basically just telling him like I look forward to seeing you and like uh-huh. this was awesome thanks for coming to camp sure and he was like oh wow that's incredible you're like you're gonna be out there that's so awesome mm-hmm. he was like maybe we get you a spot as an alternate mm-hmm. and I was like wow that yeah. would be crazy cool and yeah. I was like yeah, really, I would love to do that. Yeah. And then, turns out, like, I ended up getting to California, and, yeah, I was an alternate at the U.S. Open. Don't know how many years ago that was, no. So that was two years ago. Mm-hmm. Because the last year of the U.S. Open, I was invited to ride, and I was, like, a real boy. I had yeah. no spot in, yeah. like, semifinals, but uh-huh. I didn't get to ride because of that spleen injury. Oh, uh, right, right. And that was... I think going to be the last U.S. Open on the beach. So I was living in Pennsylvania for two years mm-hmm. and at camp and everything, and I kind of got into the Vans contest because the regional qualifier was in the cage that mm-hmm. first summer. And that I really liked that contest because it was it's only as serious as you really want to make it. And it's, sure. it's bull riding, so yeah. it's badass, but it's also fun. And yeah. yeah. Not chill by any means, but like you can chill. Mm-hmm. So I was having a lot of fun with that. And I'm not really a competitive dude necessarily mm-hmm. with my riding. Like, I don't think I'm a competition rider. Mm-hmm. But I have fun going to those. And so I was, that, to me, was like a really good excuse to just go places that I've never been. Mm-hmm. So that year I rode, I was an alternate in California, like for Huntington at the US Open. Uh-huh. And then the next year I was like stoked on that contest. I said, like, I want to go to all of these you know mm-hmm. so I was saving up money all fall doing shows for Team East and uh-huh. just saving pennies pinching pennies to just get money to travel the next year uh-huh. and then I ended up going to Sydney I went to all four stops that year uh-huh. it was Sydney Mexico there was the one in Huntington that I had to sit out because of the injury and then Spain uh-huh. and that was like the first year that I really did any real international travel that was the first and a lot of it yeah did a fair oh bit of it gosh and did you ride five dock by the way yeah rode five dock two years the last two years yeah and that's where the contest was like three weeks or so well maybe a month now. separate that was the act back jam something like that well there was, was a the, different there was the five dock contest mm-hmm. and then act jam was like i think two weeks ago Oh, okay. There's like a break. I'm just mixing. And I was over, and I was in Australia, and I intended to go to Ak Gym mm-hmm. because I was there last year, and it was awesome. Backbone, mm-hmm. the local shop down there, they put on an incredible event. And if you ever want to go to Australia, go uh-huh. to Ak Gym. Yeah. It's sick. Yeah. But, so I was 
in Sydney for the Vans contest, and I was mm-hmm. going to be staying until Act Jam, go down to Canberra. Mm-hmm. But I sprained my ankle riding street. I was trying to film some footage um, just after the contest was up through. Mm-hmm. So then I ended up coming back, and my flight changed to come back early and like get that looked at medically and mm-hmm. just get rehabbing that so I could get it where it needs to be to go to the next stop in Germany, mm-hmm. which is like three weeks away at this point, three or four weeks. Oh, so you're you're recovering right now? Yeah. So oh, I'm, I'm on the med. And I've been doing all sorts of ankle exercises and stuff. You were able to ride okay yesterday? Yeah, I can ride. I just tie the ankle brace real tight. Mm-hmm. And it, I didn't break or tear any tendons. It mm-hmm. was just a bad sprain. So mm-hmm. you really just got to work through it and gotcha. get the mobility back and build up your strength. But So I've been cautiously riding, you know, not really sending. Right. Not riding much. Like, not yeah. doing any heavy drops or anything. But, yeah, saving myself for that trip because mm-hmm. me and Jay leave this coming Thursday mm-hmm. which is a few days from now and we're going to be flying into Barcelona we're doing spending a little bit of time there I want to ride a few spots and mm-hmm. film some stuff maybe and then he who has, are you filming for now uh, I currently don't have any sponsors just or anything right now filming for, for just put for together fun. and edit for fun just filming because mm-hmm. that's one of my favorite things about BMX is just filming mm-hmm. and like videos and stuff that's why I said I'm not really a competition rider necessarily yeah, right. I would categorize myself more as like a video part rider mm-hmm. if you want to like sure. be so formal right. no I don't <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. I, I really love the way like you can go out and showcase your riding on what you choose to mm-hmm. and kind of like make the best right. product of it and present that to the to the world it's Stephen Hampton. He's still doing it now. It's awesome. Yeah. He's picking what he likes, and then he mixes in a couple pictures of who knows what. But, uh, Did you see that dude jump over Matt Hoffman? Yes. <laughs> That's sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hampton, right? Hampton jumped over. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was really wild. And that was just like a bike shop fun thing. That, that was yeah. what was so cool about it. You know. Um, all right, so, so Germany's next stop. Germany is the next van stop, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, you're going to Spain first, but... So we're flying into Barcelona, spending mm-hmm. a few days, and then Jay has, uh, he's put a pretty large importance on riding the Fees Montpellier stop. Really? So we're going there, and I, I'm going to try to toss my hat in the ring for that. Yeah. I don't know if they'll even let me ride, but yeah. I'm going to do my best to get on course, even if I have to rebel run it, because <laughs> those courses look fun. Yeah, they do. But, yeah, he's intending to compete there. Because he... Does he qualified somehow? I mean, through an event? So you've got to have a certain amount of UCI points. Oh, okay. And he did get... He did really well at the one in Toronto at Joyride. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then Toronto Jam as well. Yeah, okay. So he, he's got points from those two contests. So he's... That he's gets in. him in. Okay. I was at Toronto Jam, mm-hmm. but I got, like, the spot before dead last. Because oh. there's two runs, and... Yeah. The first run I did, it was, it's just a chill run. I did like a, on the box jump, I did a big moto whip and like gave the crowd like a one-hander yeah. to like pump them up, you know? Yeah, yeah. They made me ride. The, I was the first rider of the heat. I was uh, like, all right, whatever. So we're yeah, just going right. to make a show of this. Yeah. Best run counts. So I was like, all right, run number two. Uh-huh. Bring your A in, you know? Yeah. So I go to drop in for run number two. Yeah. And I case dropping in because I'm thinking about what I'm doing on the next set. but. So I'm pedaling and then I'm casing and just my whole round of shot. I was like, whatever. 
God. And I was so yeah. adamant about like putting together. I just wanted to ride the course the way I wanted to, and I, I had a good run that I could do, and I just yeah. wanted to do it for me. Right. So they call the final rider of the my heat, and they're like, "All right, that's it for heat two or three or whatever." Right. And then I drop in, <laughs> and I hit a rebel run. <laughs> And they're it's UCI, so like yeah, they're yeah. real serious about that stuff. And they're like, "You're you're done. Your your runs over. Your runs over. Get off the course." Yeah, and I, yeah. I hit a big like a quarter pipe air right in front of the judging table. I was like, uh -huh. "Nah, I'm getting this in," and like I sc I just screamed, "Nah," <laughs> and <laughs> continued riding. And then there was a guy on course. There was like a quarter to vert wall gap that I was hitting. Yeah. And he like jumped in front of it and was like waving his arms at me. He's like, "You gotta go. You gotta go." And I was cranking right at him and just hit it. Like <laughs> he just got out of the way, you know. And then hit my box jump hit it. And Game of chicken. Jeez. Yeah. So I took my double <laughs> run and they punished me with the scoring. But. Oh, that's funny. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That's good stuff. So if nothing else, you'll be cheering Jay on at uh, Montpelier, right? Yeah, if nothing else, I'll bring my pom-poms for Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Your pom-poms. It's not even what I was thinking, but <laughs> I'm glad you put it in there. It's even, even better. Before we finish up with the last question this is a this has become a mandatory question of every guest what's the weirdest instagram you follow weirdest instagram i follow yeah Ooh. i don't know that i follow any weird ones yeah what do you mean like what's a weird instagram uh nature is metal uh was the one that came up in pittsburgh mm -hmm. um Gosh, I forget where all, what all the answers have been. I think we've done three or four, three or four fids. Had a, I bet he follows some weird stuff, huh? <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, shoot. I, I wish I could remember. Fids had a really funny one, and he said his mom also had a funny one. But uh, yeah, that nature's not all stuck in my head because two two of the guys actually, Mason. I told Mason. I said you can't pick nature's metal because. Last week, the other guys <laughs> picked Nature's Metal. But anyway, it was, uh, it just, yeah, it doesn't have to be freaky weird. Just, you know, it's strangest, like, non, maybe non-BMX one. I don't know that I follow any, like, weird being, or weird Instagrams, but I, I, I do really like that. watching the cooking videos on Instagram. I really? follow one of those accounts where they just, like, have the ingredients. Yeah, I think it's neat. I think cooking is that, cool. That covers the question. Yeah. Yeah, you don't, have, you don't have to be the weirdest guy. Yeah, <laughs> like it's not freaky or weird or kinky yeah. or anything, but I, I'd be uncomfortable if, although I put myself in that situation every time I ask it, but I'd be uncomfortable hearing something too too weird. One thing I I can't watch is I can't watch people getting hurt. I can't do it. I don't like that. Ah, I love the insta doodles, but I can't watch. And uh, I identify I with couple, it too much. Yeah, and or I think I think. Montana Ricky does doesn't too I think but it's hard to watch those things God especially when they're like little kids just looks like their heads are bent backwards just I awful. can watch scooter kids fall <laughs> just, I, I can totally watch scooter kids yeah. shit <laughs> with no remorse <laughs> or empathy but <laughs> with no that's a strong statement from such a nice guy like you <laughs> man I did not expect that but that's that's good so you're not sponsored now. So right now, I'm so now currently... Right, I'm speaking over you. Sorry, we can... No, 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 no. My fault. Go ahead. Well, do you want to reintroduce that so we can... I don't know how to say it. I mean, I want to talk about BMX sponsorship, but right now you're not you're not riding for anyone. It was Colony before that. 
is, is it hard to, uh, do you want to ride for anyone? Like, what do you, what do you think about sponsorships? So yeah, currently I'm, I don't receive any real support from the industry and that's more of a choice. Like I, I was riding for Colony when I was like a young kid mm-hmm. and Merritt as well. And then I left, I left both of those on my terms. Mm-hmm. When I think I was like 18 or so. So it's been a couple of years now, mm-hmm. but I just didn't feel like that w- those were necessarily like the routes that I was wanting to be taking. Mm-hmm. And I find myself thinking this, like, you ask if I want to be sponsored. That's mm-hmm. something I don't know. Mm-hmm. And, and I've, it's not like I'm fighting companies off with a broom or anything, <laughs> but right. I've been approached and I, I don't know if it's something that I'm necessarily really interested in. Mm-hmm. As far, like, I would rather send myself to these contests and just, like, work hard to get there. Mm-hmm then have someone tell me that I need to post on Instagram how many times a week mm-hmm. or I need to do something a certain way like BMX is such an important thing to me mm-hmm. and it's been my entire life really so I don't want to taint that or have anyone else's mm-hmm. like it's just mine mm-hmm. that's all it is I don't want to do it for anyone else and it's not that I think companies are bad or any sponsors that ever had were bad. It's just mm. having the sponsors kind of put a pressure on me, on myself, mm-hmm. totally myself. I was never had, like, team managers, like, badgering me to be mm-hmm. doing more. Mm-hmm. I just always felt like I wasn't doing enough. Mm-hmm. And um, so with that, that's why I don't really feel like that's uh, an avenue I'm want to go down right now Mm -hmm. in the future that may change but with that may changing like because I do appreciate certain things that sponsors would bring to the table that I can't just do for myself Mm -hmm. like I can't it would be more beneficial to have access to like a specific company filmer Mm -hmm. or like really just to be able to make cool videos with like a certain crew of dudes that's going to be traveling together like I would love to be a part of like a team it would Mm -hmm. have to have like a real family vibe to it Mm -hmm. like I don't want to just be lost in this big company and sure just to ride get free frames you know it's not worth it at that point right but I also struggle to find brands that I would be comfortable putting my name to these days in BMX because Mm -hmm. it's I really don't agree with or support or condone mm-hmm. companies glorifying or glamorizing like partying and smoking and drinking and just like all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I respect everyone's, like we're all adults, we can make decisions to do what we like. Mm-hmm. But when you have the attention and you have the following within BMX that certain people do as a professional rider, Mm-hmm. I think you should use that a little more responsibly mm-hmm. than to, because I mean, at the end of the day, you have 50,000 followers on Instagram, 40,000 of those followers are going to be 12-year-old to 16-year-old kids, you know? So, pretty impressionable demographic, and they're mm-hmm. looking at you like, you're the man, and this guy's a pro dude, and like, 
they want to be like that guy. But if you're just showing them drugs and alcohol, right, and maybe you can do that reasonably mm-hmm. and on good terms, like with that, you can handle that. Mm-hmm. Just because you can doesn't mean everybody can, and that kid seeing that probably shouldn't be doing that. And I don't know, I just not into that. So that's a hard thing to find for me. It's like brands that I want to would want to be a part of. Right, right. That's for you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I just realized I, I never refilled. <laughs> Whoops, probably dying. Um, no, we're good. And who's an example of a company that's doing it right? I think I'll just pass on that one. All right. No problem. <laughs> I would too. <laughs> if I was in your, if I was in the hot seat that we talked about. But anyway, I mean, it's, it's it's good to be aware of. Obviously, companies should be aware that they are catering to, you know, a demographic that's influential, like you said, easily influenced, I should say. But, uh, but yeah, it, it, I think it is tough. It's probably especially tough uh, on the street scene, but parks, eh, I would think you'd, you'd like to think you would see less of it at parks, but... I don't see a lot of people policing the parks. Trails, that's a free-for-all. It's a, it's pretty tough with, yeah. with trails. But I but have the, to the say... The trails thing is, I have no... I don't think that's an issue at all. Because, I mean, that's grown men in the woods at their spot that they work for. Mm-hmm. But, like, I know kids that go to my local skate park and just sit there and drink beer. And that kills me. Because right. it's like, right. this is just what people driving by are looking at and seeing mm-hmm. as skate park kids. Right. And that's why everyone thinks skateboard kids are just hooligans. Sure. Because right. they drive by and see people smoking weed or drinking beers. And it's like, right. Right. it doesn't need to be like that. Just go yeah. in the woods and drink beer. <laughs> yeah, gives it a bad name. Well, what I was about to say about uh, trails is that because of the, the age of, of trail riders and diggers and all that going up and up and up, um, they're, they're super, those that you do choose to uh, drink or smoke, they, they kind of, they have a trail meeting. So it's, I think they're good about it. I think they, they keep it separate. You know what I mean? Most, at least the places I go. I don't yeah, know. I mean, it's all good in the woods. Yeah. So I just, because lots of times nowadays, look at Jeff and Zach. You know, it's, there's more of that now than there used to be. And I think so it's, because of the demographic of dudes that are going to be riding trails at these spots, especially. Mm-hmm. Like, they're usually, like, adults or older, mm-hmm. and so they can respect that when Jeff brings his kid to the trails, and, like, right. you shouldn't be shotgunning beers in front of Zach. Like, yeah. that would yeah. be cool. Yeah. Because, and a lot of dudes, like, either are old enough to know or have kids themselves, and, like, right. I mean, like, I think everybody we went to the trails with yesterday, like, mm-hmm. was, were fathers, like, in the cars that I was in. Uh, yeah. Kevin, Jeff. Yeah. Nick. Definitely. Nick. And Hector doesn't have any babies, but... Yeah, I gotcha. Actually, yeah. no, Hector's a father. Christian Maya is his son. Did you know that? <laughs> what? Yeah, Hector, <laughs> he, his child, Christian Maya. He's another rider from Southern Connecticut. You're kidding, right? No. It's a birth child of Team East. like a father-son duo I used to sell shows get out of here 
There's still a way. <laughs> no, but there's no. still a way. Christian's probably 25 or 26 yeah, right. now, well, and the, he's also Colombian, the, so we used to just say like, the, "Chris is dead." Well, you know, the, the <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting, going. How did that that not come out in three three and a half hours of me talking with him? <laughs> At the beginning of January. The How did that not come sh- out? A show written Love Child. <laughs> you almost had me. I was like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say no until you break. <laughs> but that was good, though. Oh, man. So, yeah, all dads. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, I, you know what? I think that's it. I think you'd probably be surprised, but we got over two hours in here. That's funny because yesterday I was talking to Jeff Allen about it uh-huh. and his eagerness to do the podcast. <laughs> and I was like, I was sharing the eagerness. We were both so excited. Right. And I said, yeah, I might be competing for uh, his shortest podcast. And he was like, no, I'm definitely going to have his longest one for sure. He's, he's looking to talk to you like I said all day. Right, right. But I was looking for a real quick one because I was scared. Oh, man. You know what? We'll wrap it up and then I'll, I'll tell you about Smother smoke podcast. So this part's easy because uh, anyone you want to thank, well, no, <laughs> because no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. There, there is because you got you got Mike right, and as well as whoever else. Uh, so just to wrap it up, who who uh, who do you who are you thankful for, and and just where are you going with this, and simply and man, I've got so many people to thank for just helping me get to where I am and teaching me lessons I needed to learn. I mean, mm-hmm. coming up as a young kid, I was always, like, the youngest dude. So I've got so many dudes to thank, like, all the guys at 20 Spikes, Cisco, Hector, mm-hmm. Steve Two-Wheel, <laughs> Little Stevie. Shout out to those guys. Uh, like, my local scene, like, Milford Skate Park, there's so many dudes there I could go on for ages. Mm-hmm. But, right. like, anybody that rode Milford Park with me, like, you guys rock. Thanks for coming out. Like no one came to Milford really. Yeah, yeah. But every once in a while some cool guys would come. Uh-huh. Um I'm not good at this. No, it's alright. Um Well, parents. Parents have been supportive and Yeah, let's work out yeah. a list and then I'm gonna restart. <laughs> so we've got parents. I have a parents shit first. editing doing this thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now start over. Well no no, because I'm not done. <laughs> But I'm gonna do parents, <laughs> local park, oh, bike shop. I'm gonna make you sit here for nine hours. Connecticut while I scene. Edit this. Connecticut scene. Okay. Trail dudes. All right, so go ahead. Hit All it. Right. Who would you like to? Th- <laughs> I've got to thank my parents for always being so supportive and just letting me do my thing and just having faith in what they taught me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really am a product of my local park. Mm-hmm. Like I love everybody that I grew up there with. Anybody that came out for a session, just, I guess, thanks to Milford Skate Park. <laughs> right, but right. My second home. Uh-huh. And then uh, the bike shop. Thank you, Tony's Bikes and Sports, for uh, being my third home. Uh-huh. Always keeping me in check, keeping me humble. Even though, you know, Hector thinks he's humble. I think he's humble. You don't think so? You don't know him like I do, then. I'll show you a picture where I know he's not <laughs> humble that I have on my phone, but we'll we'll do it. He's part of the calendar. Those guys will cer- certainly keep me humble, and I really appreciate them. Right. Sp- specifically, Masisco. He's always been yeah real good to yeah. me. 
and just the Connecticut scene, like, I remember when I left Connecticut, I was, like, so fired up and ready to get out, because I was just like, I hate this. Yeah, yeah. But the more places I've gone, the farther I've traveled, the more mm-hmm. people I meet, the people I see, like, makes me have such a greater appreciation for where I come from. Mm-hmm. And I, it's always such a pleasure coming home. I, Like, this trip especially, mm-hmm. I got to see, like, all sorts of different guys I haven't seen in so long. It was so awesome. It's awesome. Just Connecticut trail dudes to different guys at parks and mm-hmm. even my street heads. I was in New York City, went up, went up with some street riders this week. Ah, cool. That was cool. Just like everybody, man. Mm-hmm. It's such a well-rounded scene. And like New England especially. Like mm-hmm. the New England scene is unmatchable. Like you can't get it anywhere mm-hmm. else because that is I don't know. Just the Four Seasons grooms is such an interesting group of people. Yeah. (laughs) I think living in New England, this goes with with racing, too. You know, we don't get tired of anything because we only get windows of things. Right. You know what I mean? So you're you're all psyched up. You're not burnt out on it because you didn't have, like we were talking about California, you didn't have 12 months straight. You know, we've got this pent-up energy. You can only go to the cold barn so many times. And and actually, shout out to Mike, because it's very, it's awesome that he has that available to a few people. How do I say that? That's Matt Still's barn. What did I say? Mike. I said Mike? Yeah. Oh, Mike Still? Matt Still. All right. So but you uh, should say I shout out to Matt, because that was cool. Yeah, I definitely want to shout out to... And Matt's still uh, in the barn because that's that's these uh, people are coming from Long Island to ride it. There's there's people coming from all over. It's so cool. There's on that door on the inside where everyone has to sign when yeah. they first go there. Yeah, it says that I was not there because I was too young to sign my own waiver, so <laughs> legally I wasn't there. But yeah. there's names from all over. Like I remember going there and recognizing names on there and stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. it's cool. It that's is. an awesome spot, and Matt does an awesome thing for holding it down for. Yeah. That scene and just BMX in general. Yeah. And, yeah, I really like to thank Matt still. He's helped me a lot mm-hmm. with so many different things. Yeah. He's he's a great guy. He really is. And um, he brought... Oh, man. That was... I'll just tell the story real quick of how awesome Matt is. Matt brought his whole setup down to Shoreham uh, when I did the second jam. The one that was for... Stephen Murray, I think. But anyway, he brought the he brought the whole setup and uh, just everyone wrote it. So it was in the parking lot and everybody wrote it. I remember it was, it I remember that because he was, he reached out to me to go for that, mm-hmm. but I wasn't around for whatever. Mm-hmm. But he also did that. He brought it out for the Scotty benefit as well. Uh yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. We wrote uh, the the two demos with the Scotty wow. team and then us. I forgot about that um, because, yeah, because they were they were face to face. You had two quarters, and mm-hmm. I'm not sure whose box got used. I think Scotty's box. We used both. Did that you was a lot of fun because the Scotty yeah. guys were doing like tail ups and bar spins, mm-hmm. and like the teamies guys consisted of like me and Jamie Cooperellis and like Hector, and we were just doing like kickouts and power grabs <laughs> and tabletops and stuff. <laughs> Uh, and then you had Bongo yelling in the background. With That's his, right. We definitely had Bongo yelling yeah, in the background. Yeah, with his Mexican hat on. Oh, yes, the sombrero. Yeah. Colin yeah, Sotelo yeah. killed that, too. 
What's that? Colton Civitello threw down. Oh, oh my show. gosh. Yeah, yeah. He always does. He throws down for literally every show. Like 8.30 in the morning, you can catch that dude doing sevens, sevens just because I don't even know what. Wow. I don't know why he does that in the morning. <laughs> I don't know. First show of the day, 7.20s. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Colton. Colton is something. He's another great one. I, I did interview him uh, already, but there's... There's a lot of good guys. I sometimes forget, you know, doing the ones in Pittsburgh, obviously Pittsburgh's bigger. It's and it's concentrated. There's there's a ton of good guys from there, but and then we like I seem to in my head, not I live in Connecticut. Surprising that I do this, but I I think of Long Island and maybe like uh closer to like Boston and south down to uh Skater's Edge, like I'll think of those strong scenes when I, get, I think we have strong people uh, we just don't we don't have like a, a, a spot that the scene congregates to, to Haven, but. right right which Nick and Jeff told me all about um, but yeah I don't it's like opposite ends of the state I think Connecticut is a really interesting scene because mm-hmm. there's so many sick dudes doing a lot of different awesome stuff, mm-hmm. especially like got like the Hamden Trail Squad. Oh right! And even though Hamden's not running right now, or like there's some there's some drama going on there, but yeah, like yeah, yeah. that crew of dudes is still holding it down on like mm-hmm. trail scene, and then even there's like the whole Bristol scene, like that oh, like right, street right. street guys, like that was always cool. Like mm-hmm. Jeff Dupaul you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. like TJD. I grew up watching those videos. Oh, like, okay. Jeff Dupaul and Danny Picasso and those guys killing it. Jeff was a team manager for some team, right? I, I think it was I Index Inc. or something. What's that? I think it was that Index Inc. company, maybe? Maybe. All right. I don't know. Yeah. That was before Yeah. I was really in the scene so right, much. Right. I was just a kid. Sure. But, yeah, yeah Connecticut holds it down for sure. Yeah. Plus, there's a lot of good stuff happening always at Willamantic, too. Willamantic Park, yeah, stores. Yeah. There's so many spots at Yukon. Yeah, Don't go yeah. to Yukon and ride spots because there's no spots. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to blow could, it up. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, exactly. No spots there, none at all. Don't um, bother, keep driving. No, <laughs> just a whole bunch of curb cuts. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> want to wrap it on that? Yeah, we call it. We'll call it. I've, I've got to rest up because I've, I've got, you know, at least nine hours of editing on this one. <laughs> you do have a bunch. <laughs> but I'll get it right, I promise you. Thanks. All right, thank you, Aaron. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, thanks for having me out. This yeah, was cool, actually. no problem. I know we were only just supposed to say hey, but I was like, you know what? I told Jeff I was going to do a 20-minute podcast. <laughs> <laughs> nope. It never works out that way, trust me. And as soon as I hit off, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the ones that you'd really be surprised. Um, all right.